It's Golden Hour Adventure Time, featuring everyday people doing extraordinary things. From the peaks of victory to the valleys of defeat, these are their stories. Now, from the back of the pack, your hosts, Justin and Robbie. Hey, welcome to Golden Hour Adventures Podcast. Uh, today, we do not have a guest. It's just Robbie and I sitting down and chatting. So, we got some big things to talk about. Uh, Robbie and I ran a race together. I did a bike race, of all things, and I moved to Alaska. So, yeah, sit back and relax. Uh, this is going to be an, a fun little podcast of just me and Robbie BSing and having fun. How's it going, Robbie? Good. How are you? I'm pretty good, man. So <laughs> just trying to unpack. I think I've been here three days, maybe. So it was a pretty crazy journey. So I've been to Alaska before. Um, I was stationed here in 2000, from 2008 to 2012. I was stationed in Anchorage. But now I'm pretty much in the middle of nowhere. So I'm about an hour and a half south of Fairbanks. So literally the middle of nowhere. There's nothing around here. <laughs> I think the nearest um, brewery, which closes this weekend on the 24th, I believe it closes, is about a 45-minute drive away. And that's about all you got. So it's the closest brewery, 45 minutes away? Yeah. So wow, I'm actually drinking one of their beers right now. So it's a 49th state brewing. It's called the Untamed Amber. Not bad. So it's crazy. Yeah, it was a cool little journey over, man. So uh, me and the wife, we took about five days to get to Bellingham, Washington. Um, Bellingham, Washington's where I got on the ferry. But from there, we went to Cody, Wyoming. Uh, met up with Janie. Uh, um, she just had uh, a couple big races. I think she just did the Wild Bill uh, half marathon. It looked like a pretty cool. Yeah, race. bro. Did you see the um, the age group awards at that race? They're no, were they those antlers? Yeah, they're antlers. Yeah, that was pretty cool, dude. That's awesome. You should definitely go run that race and get you an age group antler. That'd be sick. Give me an antler. I thought that was I'll cool. Do that next year. I messaged her and I was like, Hey, uh, those are the coolest age group awards I've ever seen. She goes, yeah, they're kind of a pain. Cause you have to write them all up and get them marked. So I was like, yeah, but it's totally worth it. I think. Cause if you're going to go to Wyoming and run a race, like getting something Wyoming would be kind of cool rather than just like, Hey, here's a little plaque saying that you placed an age group. Like, Oh, here's a sweet antler. Um, right. That's kind of cool. It was found out on the trail somewhere. Yeah. So <laughs> if you're looking to go run, a race in Cody, Wyoming. I think it's run, run Cody, Wyoming on Instagram, Facebook, something like that. Something like that. I don't know. We're probably she does those gravel bike races too. Or yeah, she does. She has a gravel bike race, like a rock climbing race. I don't know. Yeah. You'll hear it in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, then we went to Yellowstone uh, the next day. Cause Cody, I think is like what they call like the, Eastern gateway or the gateway. I don't know what they call it. You know, everything has a, a name, but they, it's about 45, 50 minutes, miles. I don't know how long, uh, from Yellowstone. So we went through Yellowstone, got to see old faithful. That was pretty cool. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but that was kind of neat. Never been to Yellowstone. How long did you have to wait for it? 
so it runs it runs it um goes off every 90 minutes ish okay so we got there and we probably had to wait 30 minutes which wasn't too bad but we got there at a good time because really there was not very many people around and so we had a pretty good spot to sit there and watch um but it was funny but listen to everybody like commentate about it they were like oh my gosh here it comes and it like totally wouldn't but <laughs> i just was i was saying the whole time i was like oh you got this guy in the back just like turning the pressure up to make it blow you know <laughs> oh let's just mess with them like turn it up a little bit nope 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 um you guys ready here it comes <laughs> just kidding somebody's on a loudspeaker like all right get ready no it was actually <laughs> it was actually really cool like you know a I don't know, just a, a phenomenal thing that happens with the earth. Just, I don't know if you ever get a chance to go out there and take a look at it. I, I definitely would. It was. Yeah. I need to get to Yellowstone sometime. Yeah. Especially cause it's only like what, six hours, I think from you. So maybe yeah. seven. And then you got, you know, you got some races you could go do and go see Yellowstone the next day. So. Do you uh, see any wildlife? Man, I saw some Buffalo and that was it. Didn't see any elk, no bears. Oh, I take that back. There was a bear, like, I think it was a black bear, but there was a, we didn't really see it, but we were driving. We'd already seen Old Faithful and we were kind of driving out of the park and there was like 150 cars parked on the side of the road and like 4,000 people. And I'm like, what are they looking at? And there was like a spot where I could pull over like real quick. So I pulled over and I told my wife like, get out real quick, go, just go see what it was. And so she ran up there and she's like, it's a black bear. And I was like, hmm. I mean, yeah, black bear is cool, but like we've lived in Alaska for four years before. So like you see black bears all the time. But in at least the trash. We, yeah, in the <laughs> trash, but at least we got a an opportunity to to see something. But it was in a tree and you could see like its ear. And so I don't know, it wasn't I don't know, it wasn't just like a couple grizzly bears with, you know, little cubs walking through the marsh in the early morning, like you see in all the the ads. It was 7,500 people standing there watching this one black bear in a tree. And it's just like, this bear is probably fearing for its life. Right. <laughs> what are all these people doing? There's like, um, there had to have been at least 10 to 15 park rangers just standing there and just like, I mean, I get it. It's a bear and it's in Yellowstone, but at the same time, it's like, dude, come on. So, well, we played the tourist game. We tried to see it, and then we were just like, all right, let's go. Let's get out of here. And I was, we were lucky because we had made it there, and then we got out. But the people, there was a, oh, my gosh, there was about a mile and a half, two-mile line of just stopped cars because everybody would come up, see what all the people were stopped, you know, stopped and looking at. They would stop, and that would just backed up traffic all the way, and it's just like, what a nightmare. Like, I think they had pages on Facebook for, like people that do stupid stuff in Alaska or in uh, Yellowstone. So Yellowstone. Like, I, I probably was on one of those, just standing there looking at looking at a black bear. So it's just funny. In a tree. <laughs> yep. But then that day we went to after we left Yellowstone, we went to Missoula. Yeah, went to Missoula. Um, I don't know. It was kind of a cool little town. We were, we kind of stayed downtown, so we got to go walk around downtown. I kind of plan my trips when I do them. I don't like to stay on the road very long because I like to explore the little town because I hate like driving 12, 14 hours, staying in a hotel, get there at night, waking up in the morning when it's still dark and leaving. You know, it's like, I want to see the town a yeah. little bit. So, so yeah, we, I don't know, we got there pretty early and walked around and, you know, had some food at a brewery and 
they're always breweries for some reason. I think everywhere we ate was a brewery. Um, they have an M Hill there too in Missoula. You should look it up. Um, do you know the guy that does all the funny arts on Instagram? Ah, for the life of me, can't remember his name, but he's got a funny little write up about that. He calls it the M Hill too, or the M Climb, or something like that. Just about his huh. journey up. I'll have to send it to you, but it's super funny. I hate that everyone listening is probably screaming at me like it's this guy, but I forget his name. He wrote a book called uh, I Hate Running and You Can Too. I think is what it's called. Huh. It's, yeah, I haven't read the book, but I think it's probably a funny book. But yeah, for the life of me, I can't remember his name. But yeah, he he did a, a funny little story on that where he had the FKT and then, you know, everybody behind him came in and destroyed him. I think Jim Walmsley has a, has maybe has the FKT on it. And it's like, he's not even top 10. And Jim Walmsley just came in there and just like destroyed him. But <laughs> he like, he helped set up the trail and did a lot for the, you know, the trail maintenance of, of that area. And so like, he's a real big partner in the, in the town. So, um, yeah, but it's just funny. Like Jim Walmsley came in there and just destroyed the little, and I thought about going and doing it, but I was like, ah. I'm still taking some time off from running. Which oh yeah. So I'm vacation. taking, yeah, I was on vacation. So I asked my coach, I was like, Hey, do you mind if I take some time off from running? And she was like, yeah, it's probably good. And then what was only going to be like 10 days off from running turns now into, I think I haven't ran in, I don't know, 15 days. So it's good when you don't know. Yeah. I don't know how long it's been since I haven't ran. So I've rode my bike a lot. I've hiked a lot. I've went and played Frisbee golf. I don't know. I've just been doing stuff that I don't know, just taking a break. Like, I don't know. I call it a, a mental health break from running. Cause I like the longevity. I want the longevity of the sport to be there. And so I don't want to burn myself out when I don't need to, cause I have no races coming up. There's no need to really like train. Like I can jump back into running tomorrow and probably pick right back up where I was left off, you know, cause my fitness has still been there, but I don't know. It's kind of been nice just not having to worry about, Oh my gosh, I got to go. I have to run two hours today or I got to go run six miles. And so it's like, I don't know. It's, it's been real nice to kind of have this break and not run, not have to worry about anything and just, I don't know, no pressure. And so that's kind of what I like about it. Well, you've had a pretty big year. I mean, started, you know, last year you've been training for all your races. So yeah, I picked up with um, with Eve and man, I started training last September. So I've been training with her for a year and I trained all through the winter. I ran Black Canyon 60K in February. I did Quad Rock in May. I did the Big Horns in June. Um, uh, we did a couple little 50K fat ass races here and there. I did Nightcrawler 41 miles. Um, and then I did a bike race. It was 50 miles. So it's just like, man, my body's just broke. You know, it's not broke. It's just, I don't know. I, I, I'm not even burnt out. I just think that a break was, you know, needed. So I don't know. Yeah. It's not that I have been looking for an excuse not to run, but it's been welcoming not to run. Gonna say, I don't know. It's a perfect weird. one for it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's actually been real nice. So I highly suggest taking, uh, taking a couple weeks off sometime if you, if you need it, but but yeah anyway after well, Missoula, two years off so oh well there you go yeah <laughs> so you know maybe not take that much time off but <laughs> no you can definitely find your love for it i think after um after a little bit but 
I don't know. That's that's that was the whole reason behind it. So I want to do this for the you know the longevity of it. I just I I don't want to just burn myself out doing miles after miles for for nothing for like what right now. You know, it's like yeah, I understand you need right. to have a a good base going into training, but you know I I'm what I don't know ten months away from my next race. So I mean, do I really need to have? Right. You yeah, know, what do you be running 50 yeah. miles a week right now? So, yeah, it doesn't I, make no, I wouldn't sense. be running 50 miles. I'm a 30 to 40 mile base runner. <laughs> but yeah, after Missoula, we went to uh, where do we go next? Oh, we went to I have no idea what the name of the town was somewhere in Washington, but it was in the North Cascade National Park, which if you've never been there, Oh, I'll take that back. Hold on one sec. On our yeah, it was in the North Cascades, but on the way there, we stopped in what is the name of that lake? Uh in, in Idaho. Yes. Cordelaine. Yep. We stopped in Cordelaine. That is a cool looking lake, man. That is an awesome lake. Um, I heard. I heard it's awesome. I think they run a lot of races up there too. I know they have an iron. They do have quite a few races up there. Yeah. That's beautiful country. Um, I think our friend Chris did a Ironman in Coeur d'Alene. And if I remember yeah, right, he, me about that. he said that it was a brutal one because it's so hilly out there. I think yeah, that's, he said it was one of the more hilly ones there is. Yeah. I'm not sure if they consider that an alpine lake or not, but it's it's a beautiful lake. I would definitely, if you ever get out that way, if you haven't been there. I need to get out there. Yeah. It's been on the that. list for years. For sure. Yeah, then we went to the North Cascade Mountains, um, where we stayed in this like lodge thing the night before, and then the next day we explored the North Cascades, and that was super cool, man. Those mountains are crazy. There was a huge fire that had been burning, and a lot of fires actually that had been burning in Washington. So, um, we we did the North Cascade thing, and then we stayed in Bellingham for two days and kind of explored Bellingham. But the whole time we were in Washington, man, just like breathing smoke the whole time. It was crazy. Oh. Bellingham's a cool, cool little place. Um, they have a cool town. I think it's called Fairhaven. It's just right outside of Bellingham. They had a cool little running store that I stopped into. It was really neat. Um, yeah, but cool little trip. And then I got on the ferry. Um, for the life of me, don't ask me how big this ferry is. I'd say it's like half the size of a cruise ship, but it went from Bellingham, Washington to Whittier, Alaska. Took four days, 12 hours. And we stopped in Ketchikan, Juneau, and Yakutang. So you got to go to get off on the on the little ports and go explore the towns for four to five hours. So kind of neat. But when we got off, I mean, we were there in port at like four or five and six in the morning. And so it's like very much, very little's open. And so, but still kind of cool, you know. But man, the ship, it was boring. <laughs> I bet. It's just like... I'm glad I had like downloaded movies and stuff like that. Cause a couple of the days we were just out to sea and it was just, you know, just rocking the boat. Cause it's, it's like I said, it's a pretty small boat and God, it's just, I don't, I didn't get sick or anything, you know, but it's just, I don't know. It was just rocking a lot and you just couldn't walk and your stomach's just kind of like, Oh, I don't really like this. So I just kind of hung out my room on those days and watched shows. I was going to ask, did you have a room or were you like with the general? other people just sitting in chairs. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if very many people just, I mean, there might've been few people that just sat in chairs, but you can tent camp on the boat. Now there was a couple of people that uh, had tents, 
on the boat. So um, there was people that just caught the ferry to catch the ferry to one of the little islands or one of the, you know, the lower parts of Alaska. Um, they didn't have a car or anything. They just like walked on. You can walk on and sleep in a tent and walk. And it probably isn't that expensive to get up here that way. And it's, you know, if you've never seen that part of Alaska, that's kind of a cool little, you know, way to see Alaska. I have no idea what it would cost to do that. I mean, it'd be a, a neat way to see Alaska. If you, I imagine it'd be about, it'd be probably way cheaper than a plane ticket, but um, yeah, I don't know, but it would take you four days. So if you have time, but it's crazy. They were just camping on the boat. Yeah, they would. They would just camp on the boat and they were there. Um, and they, it was in kind of a closed area. So they were, they were inside. Um, it's kind of a inside viewing deck, I guess, like to protect you from the rain. And, but there was like chairs and stuff there, but they, they just, there was probably four or five tents that they just popped up and they had all their stuff sitting around the tent and they were just hanging out in their, their tent. So it's like, I don't know. I, I mean, I had a room that had a bathroom and a shower and I wouldn't say that it was, I wouldn't say it was worth it. I probably wouldn't do it again. I don't know. The tent thing may just be just as easy because they have community bathrooms with showers. So you would have had a shower and bathroom anyways. So I don't know. It was nice to have a room, I guess, to have privacy, but I don't know. It just, it wasn't worth it in my opinion. So I don't people staying in their cars. Could you stay in your car? You could not. No. Um, you could go down there, I think four times a day. <laughs> so yeah. So you four times a day. Why? <laughs> Well, because people had pets on board. And so oh. if you have pets, then you have to leave them in your car. And so they let people go down there to let their pets out of the car. Oh. So really like, like the a only area form, <laughs> the deck of the boat <laughs> down there in the bottom. So they just kind of walked around the, you know, I don't know. I, I would go down there sometimes just to grab like I had, you know, like a box of snacks that I didn't want to bring up to the room. So I would just walk down to grab some snacks and stuff and I would see people, you know, walking their pets. But, and then when we got, you know, to port, people would just take their dogs and they walked their dogs the whole time when they were, you know, out. So you couldn't take your car off or anything, but you could take your dogs off and walk them around. How do they pack the cars? Do they like pack them? Like since you were going the farthest, was your car like all the way up in the front or? Yeah. So there was actually like three stops further than what I was going. So they kind of just like oh, systematically really? pack them as, I don't know. Yeah. They have the ones that are closer to the doors that are going to get off at one of the closer stops, but it, it's, it's, I, I would, I would not be, I'm not a guy that can play Tetris and all that stuff. So it would be crazy <laughs> because people would get on the boat, you know, and they know kind of have an idea who's getting on because you got to book it quite a far in advance, but they would get on the boat and have, um, you know, like we'd stop in Ketchikan and every, we would let a bunch of people off in Ketchikan, but then there'd be people getting on in Ketchikan too, going to one of the fur further stops. So, and that happened at every single stop. And so, yeah, what a nightmare, but I don't know where you would, I don't know how you do that, but yeah, they kind of backed me in. Well, I kind of, I'm dumb. So I booked it online a couple months before. And when I booked it, they, they, you go through all the steps, like how long's your car? What's the last plate? You know, all that stuff. Are you mm -hmm. carrying anything, you know, behind? So I had my bike rack with my bikes on it. And so that made my car longer. Well, when I went to go pay, they dropped my car off of the, 
the registration because I guess they were already full for those car for that boat. And I didn't realize okay. that. And so, yeah, I'm dumb. I should have like paid way more attention because I literally risked my entire trip on that one, that one. So, so when I got to go check in, I had a pass for myself and for a stateroom all the way to Whittier, but my car wasn't booked. And so it was like, oh, great. So then I had oh, to wow. go stand by in Bellingham and they were like, well, we don't, I heard people talking. I'm a window down, just chilling, waiting on to get on the boat, stand by. And they're like, we don't have anybody going uh, standby to Whittier. I could, you really use somebody? And I was like, Hey, I'm going standby to Whittier. And they're like, yeah, we'll put you on the boat right now. I was like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so it just like happened to be that I just was like right time, right place. Uh, yeah. I got on the boat and I was like, Oh, so when I got to catch a can, I had to pay for my car all the way to Whittier. So. Yeah. Uh, but so you didn't know, you didn't know the car was a separate ticket. No, because I had registered to have my car in the, uh, when I was going to pay, but they had, it had dropped off and I just didn't realize that it dropped off. I wasn't really paying that much attention, I guess. And so, um, whenever I got there, they were like, yeah, you don't have a car park. So I was like, Oh, that sucks. Wow. Yeah. So. I don't know. Anyway, we worked out. I got there. And then once I got You're off the boat in Whittier, um, it was about a six hour drive to where I'm staying. So, Oh really? You had a six hour drive after you got off the boat? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cause I'm nowhere really near the water. I'm what's called interior Alaska. So yeah, pretty, uh, pretty insane trip about a 10 day trip. I mean, it could have been quicker Sounds if like I just, if I'd have just driven the whole way, I could have, gone up through North Dakota and just kind of shot over, but, and it probably could have been done in like five, but I don't know. Oh, if you would have drove like through Canada and all that. Yeah. Through Canada. I've done that twice. I've drove up there the first time in 2008 and drove back in 2012. It's a beautiful is that drive. Alaska. Is that uh, an Alaska highway? It is. It's Alaska highway. Yeah. That's so the one that I was on call is called the Alaska Marine highway. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we went on the inside passage, which was where the cruise ships go. So you're like so, kind of close to shore the whole time. Yeah. You could see the land the whole time. And sometimes oh, really? we would go with like in between islands and stuff like that. And it was kind of cool, but yeah, you could see the land pretty much the whole time. So that was kind of neat, but yeah, it was just a, a way different experience for sure. But how was the food? Uh, you know what? The food wasn't bad. Um, they had like, they had chefs and stuff on board. So, and they had, huge huge helping so it's just like oh my gosh i can't eat all this food one morning i went and got an omelet and i was like yeah give me an omelet with everything he's like everything and i was like yeah just throw everything and i don't care he's like literally like he was dumbfounded that i wanted everything i was like bro no one ever wanted everything on an omelet like tomatoes onions i don't care just tomato uh, you know jalapenos i don't care just throw everything in there grill it up throw some eggs in there let's go and he put like two cups of stuff on the grill. And I was like, this is going to be the most massive omelet that I've ever, I mean, two cups of like peppers and onions and tomatoes. And then it was like bacon, ham. It, it was literally everything. And then he put cheese with it. And I was like, this thing is going to be huge. But yeah, um, I took, you could have coolers. You could take coolers on board. So um, I kind of took, I, we went to the grocery store before I got on the boat and I got a bunch of stuff like to make sandwiches and a couple things to, you know, to have for lunch, dinner, you know, so if I want to eat in my room, I could just chill in my room. So I ate in my room most of the time. I would have like bagels and stuff for breakfast and then 
you know, I don't know. And then I, I went down to breakfast like once and I think I ate dinner three times. So twice, maybe twice. I don't remember, but I didn't eat there the whole, I didn't eat every meal, but, um, it was kind of expensive, I guess, to eat the meals, but you know, you can only have a sandwich so many times before you're just right. like, I don't want a sandwich anymore. So did you have a microwave in your room? No, no, you didn't no. have any of that. So literally it was just, um, it was four like twin beds. So the bunk beds, there was two bunk beds and then it was a couch and a folded up bed. And so you could like fold down that bed and then turn the couch into another twin. Um, and so it would have been four bunk beds, but I just obviously just stayed on one because it was just me. But I thought of like going to the dude. There was one dude that was like sleeping in this tiny, like one person tent. I was like, hey, bro. I thought about going and being like, hey, I got a state room. You just want to stay in my room. But <laughs> I was like, this guy's probably like a murderer. So <laughs> I get murdered in my tent on the boat. Yeah. Go ahead and stay in your tent, bro. We're good. No. Yeah, it was kind of weird because uh, I was probably one of the youngest people on the boat. Everyone was you know, pretty old. So it was huh. kind of weird. Like I talked to a few people, but mostly it was just kind of everyone just kind of, I don't know, stay with themselves. I don't think it would have been bad if my wife would have been with me, but with just me by myself, it was just, God, it was just so boring. Like I just had to get like, go walk around. And sometimes it would be like yeah. too hard to walk. Like you, I mean, the boat was rocking pretty hard and you couldn't, you couldn't walk around. So it was just like, all right, I just sit here, you know, I'd like go sit somewhere else. And I don't know. It was just, it was weird. And then it would, you know, it, it rains quite a bit in Alaska. So it'd be raining. So you couldn't go outside. And oh yeah. I don't know. But every chance I could get to like, get off the boat, I got off. Cause I was just like, I got to get off this boat. How'd your legs feel when you got off? Yeah. It was kind of weird. Like kind of wobbly a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Cause that first day <laughs> you kind of get out open water. I mean, you can still see the shore. It's pretty far off, but you can still see the shore. Or you could see land, at least the outline of the land. But we were in open waters that first day. Oh, this I think it was the second day. So we had, we got, we took off at like six p.m. So overnight, and then that next day was all short, uh, all water day, and then every day from there was like stop, 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 stop. So that that second day, I guess, um, when we were in the water the whole time, it was just like we were in open water. It was just brutal. And so the, the boat was just going all sorts of ways. So that was a, a pretty much stay in my room. Cause you couldn't, I mean, you would, I didn't have any reason to get up because I had everything I needed in my room. But if you were, I got up and walked around like once and it was just like, I was slamming into this wall, slamming oh, into geez. that wall. So it's just like, what am I doing? Let's get out of here. I, I kind of went out and sat on the, the deck. It was funny cause I was sitting on the deck and I'm sitting in this chair. It's one of the like, like lawn chair, like recline chair type things. And my chair is like sliding a little bit. And I'm like, I'm about to fall off this boat. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure going to the bar and drinking one is that crazy too. Probably wouldn't be very fun. Yeah. They had a bar on, on the boat too, but I only went in there. Like, I don't know. I took my own beer. So they had some Alaskan beers in the bar. So I went in there and had a beer once, but it was just like, even then, like everybody was kind of just hanging out, but there, there was only like three people in the bar and I don't know. It was just, uh, it was, it was just such a weird experience. Cause it sounds like it. Cause I was just by myself were most the people whole time. Like, were people just, did it feel like they were traveling to get to a destination? Were they people living in Alaska? You know, I don't or know. It just... really, um, so I talked to a couple of people mostly like younger couples that I saw, I'd, I'd talk to them and a few of them were like, Oh yeah, we're taking a job in Alaska. And so, you know, we're 
driving up with the family, but you know, they had their family with them. So they didn't want to like hang out with me, but, um, yeah. but yeah, like I, you know, I talked to people in passing and most of them were just, I think most of the people, you know, I don't know. Cause there was just like a bunch of elderly people that were on the boat and I'm like, what are all these people doing? I couldn't figure it out, but that's um, interesting. maybe they went down to the States and bought a car and then we're bringing it back on the boat. I don't know. No, true. Yeah. There was There's a fire truck reasons. for Juno. Juno had brought bought a new fire truck and they were driving it back. So that was kind of cool. It was on the boat. Yeah, it was like a 75 foot ladder truck. It was huge. The big huge one. Yeah, massive. Wow. So, um, yeah, big bucket truck. It was it was massive. And so I was kind of just like, um, it was weird that, you know, it was all kinds of stuff on the boat. Just people like had these massive pickup trucks with trailers and there was art like rvs and fifth wheels and all kinds of stuff I mean, it was like huge like huge rvs so <laughs> it's just, they couldn't stay in them yeah i know i've been they probably would have been way more comfortable in their rv than they would have been probably go out there all the generators running <laughs> yeah i mean sure you could have plugged in you could just plug into the boat oh true yeah sure powered up yeah because they had power and stuff so yeah, it wasn't terrible. It's just I don't think I'll ever do it again. Maybe if my wife's with me, I'll do it, but because she might want to experience it. But it's way better to drive the you know the drive. Just get in the car and go. It Is doesn't it? take that long. Yeah, it's 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 pretty neat because you just see a bunch of a lot. You know, Canada. Well, you see all Canada. It's the majority of the ride is Canada. You see the northern part. Don't you just get down to some places in Canada where there's just nothing for? hours and hours and hours no it's not that far like they'll they'll have signs it'll say uh the next gas station is 100 miles so if you want to fill up you better fill up but oh, okay i would say what the most extreme points on the alcan what's called the alcan Alaska highway the um the most extreme points on the alcan is probably 100 miles in between like towns but um and, and a lot of the towns are pretty small um but there's uh, there's a lot of places that are just super cool out there that you can stop and see. And there's some towns that are actually decent size on the, along the way. So, you know, but that's the time where, you know, I told you, we only drive like six hours. Like some of those days you have, you have to drive. So, um, I don't know where the drive had been better. If I would have just drove up, you know, who knows? I would have been by myself but, the whole time. So, yeah, but, but you're just driving. I don't know. It's a flip of a coin, I think. I think yeah, driving I would have been better just for the fact that it would have been more entertaining than sitting on a boat for five days. But I'm forced to relax a little bit of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're definitely relaxed. You're not doing anything for five days. Yeah. Every, everybody was texting me nothing. Like, yeah, everybody's texting me like, hey, bro, you like doing laps around the boat? I'm like, I can't even walk around the boat. What do you mean I'm doing laps around it? <laughs> And there wasn't even spots that you could walk because they would have like, you're blocked here, you're blocked there. So you could only walk like a certain, you know, a certain amount of place. I don't know. I probably That's did crazy. like 200 steps <laughs> the day that we're all. <laughs> <laughs> you hear about those people on those cruise ships running around trying to get an ultra. No, that would be sick, bro. Yeah. There's some people that have done it. Get out of here. Yeah. I think I just yeah. had a, that's a bucket list now. I've done a, I've done. Yeah, a I don't know how. I don't know how big the deck is on those cruise ships, but yeah. So typically they have a track, and it's usually an. I don't. I want to say 10. usually, but I think it's like an eighth, maybe a quarter, 
quarter lap, maybe a typical yeah. track. So whew, that'd be a lot. I can't imagine. I guess if you just do a 50K, it wouldn't be that bad. But oh, yeah. oh. but there's just so much to do when you're on a cruise ship. Like, I don't know, you can drink all freaking day long. Or like if you're on the, you know, if you're on the boat for the day, like there's they have all kinds of activities and you can do all kinds of stuff. And then if you are docked at shore, you just hang out off offshore, you know, off the boat. But yeah, I didn't have that luxury. If it would have been a cruise ship, that would have been dope. But <laughs> cruise ship been a whole different story. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hey, man, it was great. Take it, take it again. <laughs> but yeah, now I'm in Alaska. Um, I'm up here in Interior. I'll be here for a year by myself. I live in a suite. So I have a living room. Um, and then I have a bathroom kitchen area. And it leads into my bedroom. So... I don't know. It's not terrible. It's not bad. So it'll do for a year, I guess. That's some cool so people. Are initial thoughts of what's going on right now. What do you mean initial thoughts? Like you just landed. Well, didn't land, but you've been there for a few days now and anything changed? Uh, no. Um, it's, it's very fall here. Uh, when I was okay. driving up, it's like everything is yellow and orange and it's very bright yellow and orange. Um, and so I just was kind of like, I don't know. I, I don't know when I left South Dakota and then all through, you know, the Western part of the States, it was Northwest. It was very green and no signs of fall. And I get here and it's just like, boom, hit you in the face. And so I just was kind of taken back about how, you know, folly, I guess, I don't know, fallish. I don't know what, you, what the word is, but just yeah. very fall. And so um, I was just kind of blown away by that. I was, you know, I was like, oh, yep, I guess we're doing this. So um, there's not a lot of trail access around me. So I, I think I'm going to be doing a lot of gravel road pavement running probably before this year. They're just, I think the nearest trail is 45 miles from me. So it's just, I don't know. And then it's going to snow in a couple of weeks and it's going to be super cold. I think it gets, I think the average in the winter time is like negative 20, negative 30. So it's not a, not a lot of running outside. So I'd be a yeah. treadmill and, and bike. So, but I think by March, it starts to warm up a little bit. You probably still can't get on trails, but um, I probably won't be getting trails until May. Um, and so, yeah, that's going to be a different change to me because I pride myself in being a trail runner, but you know, you got to adapt and overcome with what you have, you know, I, I love All running. Right. Um, and the race that I plan on doing next year is a road run. So I, uh, you know, no better way to adapt to, Works a, out perfect. to a road run than doing or doing training on the road. So, All you right. know, yeah, it'll be a little sad, you know, seeing everybody out doing trail runs and getting out and being cool. But once the snow hits, um, you know, I plan on getting, uh, some snowshoes and they have some, they have snowshoes that you can run in. So I plan on getting a pair of mm -hmm. snowshoes that I can run in. And they have a lot of paths that, um, are around here that are kind of like gravel road that they don't really plow, but they push them down for like snow machines and stuff like that. So oh, yeah, pack them out. Yeah. Yep. So you can, you can, trail run, I guess, with quotations. <laughs> so yeah. 
Um, so, you know, I definitely will try to get outside as much as I can. I'm not going to get out when it's, you know, probably in the negatives because then we're, then we're right. getting into more dangerous stuff. But um, they have a lot of things here that uh, they have um, a lot of incline treadmills. So that's cool. So I can still get, you know, incline in. I'm just going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to tell my coach to just get creative with it because if I'm doing 20 mile runs on a treadmill every weekend, I'm going to get very extremely bored. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I just, you you know, I chose to come here, so I'm going to have to adapt and overcome and, and figure it out. It, it's definitely going to be a different environment from, you know, the past three years. I probably can count on my hand the amount of times that I ran on the road seriously. So unless I was like going to a trail or something like that, but I trail run the majority of the time I was there. So 99% of the time I trail run while I was in South Dakota. So it's going to be a different change going to, you know, road and, and even gravel gravel won't be bad, I guess. And then, and some of these gravel paths and the, I mean, but out here, like, yeah, you're running on the road, but it's not like a flat road that you're just, you know, looking at nothing like it's beautiful out here. So I bet, I mean, I live 30 minutes from Denali national park. So, um, I'm in no way like sad about where I'm at for sure. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, you know, it's going to be something different. Cause like I said, I'm used to being on single track and, but I'm still going to be able to get incline, you know, um, either through the incline treadmills or, um, gain invert on the road. Cause there's some serious hills around here. So I don't think that That'll change a little bit, but I don't think it'll change a lot. So I don't know. The race I'm doing next year is 135 miles and it only has like 8,000 feet of gain. So I'm not terribly worried about it, but, um, but yeah, it's, it'll be something different. So just adapt and overcome when I start running again. <laughs> yeah. How, how populated is the place you're, you're staying? Oh my gosh. Probably. Uh, so I live on a base, a uh, military base. It's a space force base. I don't even know how many people are here. Maybe 150, 200. It's pretty small. Okay. I'm, I'm making that number up because I have no idea. But yeah. And then there's a town like right outside the base and it, it's called Anderson. The town is, and it, I don't know how many people, but it's extremely small. So the, the towns that are around here are really small and they're very spread out. I think Healy, Alaska is a pretty good sized town, which is the one we're close to Denali National Park and a lot of the, where the trails are at, but that's, uh, the 45 minutes away. And, and they pretty much close down in the wintertime because they're based off tourism. And so if they don't have tourists, you know, they kind of shut everything down. I think they kick back up in April, but, and then Fairbanks is about an hour, 20 hour, 15 hour, 20 minutes away. So, so you're cl very close to a big city still. Yeah. I mean, Fairbanks is not, not small by any means. And so. And they have a lot of stuff in Fairbanks. I mean, you know, you have your your Walmarts and they have everything there. So yeah. um, if I need need stuff, I go there, I guess. But we'll see. We'll see how much I actually get off the base. Maybe try to get <laughs> off the base at least once a week because I can imagine being locked on this base for... I'm not locked on the base by any means. I have my own car. So yeah, <laughs> but it's just like, I don't want to get off work at four o'clock and then drive an hour and a half to Fairbanks and then drive back to go to work the next day. So. Yeah, that would be horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do yeah, that. a day off trip. Yeah. And so, you know, go on the weekends type thing. So we actually did, I went, I actually went Friday cause I, 
I got here on Thursday. I kind of checked in and the Friday. I kind of checked in a little bit. And, and then I was like, I got to get, you know, food and some supplies. So I went to Fairbanks and went to Walmart. And then, um, yesterday I was just kind of hanging out in the dorms. And one of the guys was like, Hey man, we're going to play Frisbee golf. Do you want to, do you want to go? And I was like, yeah, sure. I didn't have a clue where we were going. And we ended up back in Fairbanks again. So I've been here for three days and I've already got to Fairbanks twice. So <laughs> it's not a bad drive for now, but I'm, I'm sure once the snow starts falling, it'll be pretty awful. So these roads you're going to be running, do you think there's, is there a lot of traffic? Doesn't sound like there's going to be a lot of traffic. Yeah. I think right now there's quite a bit of traffic just because, um, it's the main road. It's called the parks highway. It's the main road that runs from Anchorage to Fairbanks. So there's quite oh. a bit of traffic on it now. Um, but they have a pretty large shoulder, but I think as the snow starts falling and winter starts really hitting, a lot of the tourists are going to leave. And so it'll be a lot less, um, traffic on the road, but, and then again, it's nighttime all the time. So, you know, in the wintertime, like the sun doesn't go, doesn't come up pretty much. I mean, a couple hours a day. Oh yeah. So there's that added element to it. So, you know, if I go run before work, it's going to be in the dark. If I go run after work, it's going to be in the dark. So. I don't know, but I got get lights. Your, uh, yeah, I get my Kogula light on. Look you'll get your, you'll get it all dialed in. I got it all <laughs> dialed in. I got, I got like the safety vest that has a bunch of bright lights on it. I'll probably wear my headlamp at the same time, just because being on a, a pretty busy road. Yeah. Well, not busy, but somewhat. You know, it's a major road, so I'll probably have my Kogula light on and my headlamp at the same time, as well as my. I have a safety vest. I forget what the name of it's called, but it has like a rope light that goes on it. So it lights my front and my back. And then okay, I actually like a have, neon light. yeah, it's, it's yeah. A neon rope light type thing. I forget, yeah. yeah. I don't forget what the name of it is, but, um, and then I have like little flashers that I can put on like, you know, the back of my shorts or my shirt, something like that. So I'll, I'll probably throw some flashers on my back just so they can say, Hey, look, there is somebody. Cause if they see from the back, they're just going to see the rope lights and they're going to have a clue what it is. So, right. You know, if they see me from the front, they probably still won't have a clue. Like what is somebody doing running out here? So I have seen a couple of people running on the road already. So I'm like, Oh, I won't be the only idiot out here, but, <laughs> and then there's always, um, you can go down to Anchorage, which is about a five hour drive. It's not, as cold down there. So I don't know what the access, they probably still have access to trails, but you can definitely go down there and, you know, get some running in and some warmer weather if you want to break from the extreme cold. So there's definitely options, definitely options. Oh, good. Get out and run, run in the dark. Yeah. I do a lot of running at night probably. And then they have, uh, you know, they have all kinds of stuff you can rent like fat back to fat, are they called fat tire bikes? Yeah. Oh, fat fat bikes. Yeah. Yeah. Fat bikes. I hate saying that like fat bikes, like why the bike's <laughs> fat, but yeah, fat bikes, they have those here. And then, so you could ride those on the same little trails, gravel roads, you know, they groom those for the fat bikes and stuff like that. So I, I don't think it'll be terrible um, at all. So like I said, it'll be, it'll be a change for sure, but, but I'll have to, uh, when may hits i'm just gonna be like screaming to get on the trails i bet so and then that's when all the bears wake up so i'll have to you know fight the bears as well i already bought bear, bear spray so we're good to go hell i'll uh my plan is to change out one of my bottles and put it soft in flask and put a put a bear spray in the in the soft flask so 
Just don't spray yourself. Yeah, that'd be bad. Because some of the, mm-hmm. I mean, all these trails, like they, they're remote. Like once you get on the trail, you're, you're out there. So yeah, no one's coming to save you. No, no one's coming to save you. Well, enough about me, man. Moving to Alaska, I think we beat that horse. Let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about a race that we both did. I went and ran the race, uh, just kind of looking at getting. Well, see, here's what I did: is I registered for. It's called Nightcrawler. It's in Wyoming. I registered for it, and at the same time, my coach, who owns our own company, kind of had a virtual race, a 50k. So I was like, oh, I can knock out two birds with one stone. So I was like, I at least got to run a 50K to get this little virtual done, just kind of support her. And then, uh, which she still hasn't posted the results of. <laughs> I mean, I already like bugged her. Like, what, what did I do? But she didn't post the results. But then, you know, so I ran. I did 41 miles on the 12 hour. But this is kind of like your, this was your first ultra of the year. I'm. Yeah. If I'm not right. First ultra yep. since 2019. Okay. So let's talk about it, man. How'd it go? What was your, what was your plans going into it? Well, I didn't have any plans really. Um, I haven't had a, a training block since 2019 when I finished my last hundred miler. Um, had lots of plans for 2020, but we all know what happened in 2020. Yeah. Did um, we all have plans? <laughs> yeah. And you know, living in Colorado at the time, it, it was really crazy with how people were treating you. Um, you know, I live close to Boulder, so I'd be up on the trails in Boulder. And if you didn't have a mask on, people were yelling at you. Get out of here. You'd have a tra- um, mask on the trails. Th- they, you know, the people wanted you to have a mask. Um, I could get the whole like city, you know, had the mask mandate. So yeah. if you're on public, you're supposed to be wearing a mask. I mean, if you're on a trail by yourself, I get if you pass someone like, all right, maybe like look to the side or something. I don't know, but right um that's neither here nor there then you know people were wearing buffs but you know what's a buff gonna do you know it just got to the point where i uh i didn't want to be around those people anymore because i was out on the trail to have fun and they were out on the trail to be assholes really i don't i mean i don't know why you'd yell at someone for not wearing a mask so i just i kind of quit running and was just off exploring in places in colorado and Nebraska places where I could get out and be alone. Uh, so I didn't have to deal with those people. Uh, so then, you know, just went through the whole year. Didn't really run much was just outside camp and doing stuff like that. Then, you know, I had some plans for 21 and unfortunately in Colorado, it carried over into 21 and I wouldn't say it got worse, but the races were going on. They were, heavily regulated with just crazy stuff like you know vaccination card uh negative test all that stuff you know all the volunteers have got gloves on no one can touch the food so it made the aid stations you know everyone's putting their hand in the bowl no one cares where they're eating from on an ultra really you know yeah (laughs) if you are you're not getting you got your own food i ran quad rock in 21 and it was it was crazy. Like you had to have at least a buff on you, but every time you come into the aid station, you had to pull your buff up. Yeah. And then like, and they handed you everything at the aid station. So it wasn't as bad as I like thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like very extreme, but it wasn't as bad, but no, I, I totally, I totally get where, where you're coming from. 
Yeah. So then, you know, 21, I just, uh, I kept doing my thing, going exploring, um, uh, fishing and, you know, off-road and all that stuff. I was still hiking a lot and running, but not that much. No, no training block. Then, uh, you know, at the end of 21, November, I moved out here to Rapid City. Uh, then I was just like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna get strong again. So I quit running and just went to the gym and hit the weights as much as I could for a good six, seven months. Then I started eventually getting back out on the trails here in Rapid City. I think I started getting out in April, um, you know, maybe five, 10 miles a week, nothing big. And then I uh, started running with, you know, the Black Hills Running Club. And that's when everything changed. <laughs> so yeah. I went into, I just signed up for Nightcrawler just to go do it. I didn't have any, any goals or anything like that. Then, you know, right before we started that 12 hours, I was like, well, I thought I was turning 45, actually turned 44. So I was like, I'll run 45 miles. That'll <laughs> yeah. be my goal. I remember you telling me that like right before you were like, yeah, I think I'm gonna try 45 miles to turn to 45. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then your birthday girls <laughs> around you're like, yeah, I'm only 44. But oh, okay. <laughs> Somehow I wanted that extra year, but I really didn't want that extra year. <laughs> <clears throat> you were just trying to age group up. That's what you're trying to do. Yeah. Pretty much. So yeah, like I had no expectations. I mean, we took off. I, you know, I was took off with the lead people and I was able to hold on. Um, hold on for a good three laps. The laps were eight miles each, washing machine style. So once you finish the lap, you'd go the other direction. What was the gain on that? Was it like eight or nine hundred feet? Yeah, it was. I think it was about nine hundred feet oh, okay. each lap. And it was pretty sweet single track. Uh, it was really weavy. Um, so you were turning all the dang time. Yeah, I wasn't going as fast as you, but yeah, I could see where like you were flying you would, you know, cutting this way, cutting that way. Yeah. There's like 90 degree turns, you know, and you're heading back the way you just came. And, um, yeah, after that third lap, um, when I came into the aid station, they're like, Hey, you're, you're right around here. I was like, what do you mean? They're like, yeah, there's only, you know, one guy in front of you. And I was like, well, I haven't seen this guy you keep talking about. And, uh, I was battling with this other guy for him, but he just dropped out at 50K. So after that third loop, he was kind of gone and uh, trying to keep up with that guy and running back and forth. Those, uh, the fourth and fifth lap were pretty brutal. So, <laughs> Not going to lie. So you ran a extremely fast 50K with a dude when yeah. you didn't know that he was going to drop out yeah. after the 50K. So you... Yep you just kind of went out like super hard on those first three laps then, huh? or four laps, I guess. Yeah. First four laps. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, I remember once seeing I got you, back to that. Yeah. One point I remember seeing you. So I don't remember what lap it was. I think it was my first lap. And it was your second lap. All I see is this guy like running at us and he just like lunges over this tree in the way. And this tree's like pretty tall. Like I had to stop and like climb over it. And I just see this dude jumping this train. I'm like, well, who is that? And then you run by, I was like, what up? And I was like, dude, that's Robbie. Like, what is he doing? <laughs> like hauling ass. I was like, hell yeah, dude, go get some. Yeah. I was like, I've, uh, I usually 
races, I'm pretty conservative. I, you know, if I got a goal, like a 50 K or something, I'm trying to hit that goal, but it's always pretty conservative and just not having a plan on this one or any expectations. It was like, I'm going to go for it and see what happens. And like I was saying, you know, once the wheels falls off, I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. One time he came around and I was like, how, how are you going? He's like, I'm just going to run to the wheels fall off. It's like, all right. Yeah. I mean, I've never, I've really never done that before. And everything was just feeling good. So I just, I just kept going and went with it. And then I think um, it was that fifth lap that I came around to you. I, I won't say you were walking, but you were kind of like, you definitely weren't running like you had been. And yeah. he was like, yep, the wheels have fall off. <laughs> it was definitely yeah, that one. Cause I only did five. That, uh, one, uh, direction, the, the direction we started in for some reason, I, I didn't like that direction. Just that climb, you know, it was a climb all the way to the top. Then it was, you know, kind of a gradual downhill all the way back. But I just, every time I knew I had to go that way, it was just hating it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was probably like a three mile climb. I would say majority of it, yeah. probably 600 feet that first three miles. Maybe I don't, I'm making this up. Yeah. Somewhere about, but it, yeah. was, it was something like that. But yeah, then you had that real good bomb, probably the last three miles down. Yeah. But that was, uh, then I, you know, I first couple laps, I was running that pretty hard and running that down hard and can't sustain running down hard without your quads blowing up. Yeah. Then, uh, I started getting a hot spot on my foot, um, which I haven't had in years. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to blister, but, uh, in the, in the past, I would stop and try to fix that. This time I was like, I really don't care. There's nothing I can fix, you know, just let it go. Um, yeah, you have 12 hours. And then on that, you're just trying to send it, you know, just, yeah. Kind of want to, it, it sucks to say it, but it's like, suck it up. Just go. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I did. You know, I was hurting pretty bad and I was, you know, on that fifth lap, you're like, Laura could catch up to you. And I'm like, fuck if she can. Yeah. I was like, I, I'm like, you know, cause I was, I would gauge how far I'd pass you guys every time on the next lap. In those first few laps, I was, you know, 40 minutes ahead of you guys. Yeah. You would be three, mi- you would be three miles ahead of us. Cause yeah, yeah, we would be two miles out and you'd already done, you know, a mile to come back. Oh uh, yeah. Something like that. But yeah, you were about yeah, three about, miles, yeah. if not four, you were yeah. pretty far ahead of us. I'm not saying we well, gained no. anything on you, but. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Well, you know, then uh, on that last one, Bethany, I passed her twice. Yeah. And that was awesome because she was in another another world and it was good to see her, you know, out there struggling too. And I was like, see seeing you again. <laughs> and, you know, you're yeah, almost did, there. She did 24 so. miles that day and she that was super impressive. She was out there pretty much the whole time by herself. And so. Um, you know, that first lap, like everybody took off and everybody was running. And then like, it seems like, I think there was like almost 80 people that started the race. And that after that first lap, it seemed like everybody, like the field got cut down to like 30 people. I don't know if that's true or not, but I didn't see hardly anybody after that. And so for Bethany to pull through and do three laps in the dark by herself, like I was super impressed. Yeah. You know that there's some technical places on that trail and yeah, she was just holding sure. on to the trees as she was coming down. I'm like, <laughs> good for you. <laughs> Keep you use those trees. <clears throat> then uh, 
when I sent off went off of that six lap, uh, I was I was pretty I was hurting. Um, I had you know a low point, but that come and gone, and I was just trying to keep moving. And I was just death marching on that last uh, lap on the way back. Then, when was your low? All point? of a sudden, I looked behind me, and there was a headlamp, and I was like, "Who's this?" Because it was kind of weird with that relay going on too. There was people that were just looked fresh, and I'm like, "They got to be a relay person because they can't be running that fast after this many hours." Yeah. So for all the listeners out there, you can run it a 12 hour solo. You can run a two man relay or four person relay. So you would have people out there that, you know, a relay team that did five laps and the guy started it and he ran at four o'clock in the morning for the second lap. And so he's super fresh. So yeah, you're running across people like sprinting. You're like, what are you doing? And at that point, you know, they just kept saying the guy it's in, in first is like 10 minutes ahead of you, but who knows what that means you know um, yeah there's only yeah. the two aid stations you know halfway halfway about four miles um so when they would say he's 10 minutes ahead of me i didn't know what that meant <laughs> how many miles is that but then uh i saw that headlamp and uh it was lower i was like holy shit you caught up to me and then i was at that point i was like whatever keep on going and then i was like no i've already worked this hard i might as well run it in i got someone to run with and yeah. Luckily she came by and cause I was able to, we ran it back in. Then after what was it? Five 30 to cut down the laps to At five o'clock, five o'clock. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you had an hour and a half of small laps. Yeah. Cause it was six 30 to six 30 was the race and they did yeah. a, what was it a mile and a half? Yeah. Mile and a half. Yeah. So at that point, we were like, well, we got to get 50. We're already there, so we might as well go run. How many miles were laps? You? How many miles were you in at, were you 45, 46 miles? Uh, yeah. Oh, I, well, it was supposedly 48, but I was, my watch was saying, I think it was like 45 or 46. Yeah, my watch was off too. So, but then, you know, going down there and running that mile and a half, little loop it, it was it was i was running a majority of it because i just wanted to get done and i knew i had to get those you know those three miles and when did i come in i think i only had like 40 minutes 40 50 minutes to get those last three miles and you know i would been walking at a super slow pace i was probably walking 18 19 20 minute miles in that last loop so i was a little concerned and Lord and I left off on those small loops and first one hurt and the second one hurt worse than yeah. it was all over. <laughs> but you got 50 miles with 51 miles, 51 miles. Yep. Uh, and then that guy got, he got 53 miles, right? 53. Yeah. He got one yeah. more lap than I did. Yeah. Okay. And you never really saw him the whole time. No, I never saw him at all, hmm. which was weird. Yeah. Cause I thought you had won. Um, cause I finished my fifth lap and I had, I, I finished five laps and then one little loop and I did, it was like 41 and a half miles. But then I think I had, I had about an hour left. I probably could have done more, but I was like, nah, I beat my, I, I beat my goal of 40 miles. So I was happy. But, and then, so we were just kind of hanging out and cheering you on. Just like, Oh shit, here comes Robbie. Like, go get it, bro. And you could just tell you're just like destroyed. I'm like, God, I can't even imagine. You're like, 
just yeah i know i mean i know what you felt like but i just it was just like i felt like i felt terrible and so i know you felt pretty bad too but just trying to cheer you on and like i didn't even really see that guy and so i didn't know and i was like i think robbie might have won this thing and we had another person went with us named laura who robbie was just talking about like he ran she ran with him and did the same amount of miles and i was like i know laura won but i was like i think robbie might have won this thing and then that guy came in at the last minute like i think he had one minute to spare and i was like dang yeah because i correct me if i'm wrong but i think the rules are if you don't finish the a lap before the cutoff then it doesn't count so if he'd have been well no he would still won because he got his second lap in before you did so yeah, he would have got in before me. Yeah, so uh, that's true. He wouldn't have got that. He would have done the same amount of miles as you, but would have got that second lap in before you. So yeah, that, yeah. Cancel whatever I just was gonna say. Then uh, <laughs> it, it was hard. funny. I was chatting with him, and he was like, "Yeah, they kept telling me that there's someone right behind me, and uh, I saw you come in, and you just took off on that lap and blew by me." I'm like, "I don't even remember seeing you <laughs> at that point. Who knows?" But there was a guy out there at the same time that was running little laps, but he was on the, um, he was on a four man team. And so I was like, who is this guy? And he was a four man team. And I was, so I was trying to keep track of people like, who's that guy? I was like, Oh, okay. But yeah, dude, yeah, that was, uh, the sun was was coming up. uh, That was an insane performance. It was, uh, I left it all out there. That was for sure. Yeah. I never felt that beat up. Even you know, after a hundred miler, I was more beat up with that 50 miles. Um, mentally and physically, uh, just running that eight mile loop over and over. Uh, that really f- messes with your head. See, I don't mind loops like that. And I think that loop was big enough to kind of change it up. Like it's a loop that's like two miles long. You're like, all right, I'm not doing this, but. Oh Yeah. But the eight mile loop isn't bad and it's in the dark. So it's like, you kind of remember stuff, but you don't really remember things. You know, you remember sections, like there was that real rocky kind of cliff line section. And then yeah, there was a real big, like switchback section, but, and then the tree section that you had to climb over. I remember that, but I don't know. The eight mile loop thing wasn't terrible, but you said you had a low. When was, when did that low hit? That low was, um, on the, on the third loop. Um, it was just one of those lows. I just, uh, I was just down. I was still moving really well, but I, I was just super down. Uh, you know, everything felt like it was going wrong. The normal low points. Um, I'd been, I mean, you were still sending it on drinking. the third lap though, right? What was that? You were still sending it on the third lap though. Weren't yeah. You? Yeah. So I've never like had a low point where I'm still really actually moving really good. So that was something different for me. Um, it was just, you know, all in my head, like just stop, give up, you know, why are you doing this? Why are you running so hard? What are you doing to yourself? All those stupid games that go through your head. Um, yeah. But then I got into that aid station and, uh, those two guys up there were really cool. I sat down and, you know, hung out with them for a little bit and ate a bunch of gummy bears and watermelon. And I left and that was it. I started feeling good again. It's, um, then, you know, the low points after that were just fatigue and mentally drained, um, yeah. which we've all been there before. And, you know, if you just push through that, you can keep moving. Yeah. 
just those low points where it feels like the world's out to get you. <laughs> no, I totally agree. What was your, uh, you were talking about gummy bears and watermelon. Like what were you kind of like fueling off of? Did you have any, like a specific fueling plan or did you just kind of like wing it aid station? So, um, I was eating on the hour every hour that was just wherever that hour was, I would pull something out of my vest. Then when I was in aid stations, I would just continue to eat and drink. Yeah. Um, Anything specific so I just that kept, you were eating? I was eating the um, um, the honey waffles, honey stinger waffles. Oh, yeah. Okay. So those were my, you know, my every hour I'd eat one of those. Okay. And I was using those, uh, that liquid, liquid gel by goo. Um, those were about every three hours. I do those. What is, um, what are those? I'm not familiar with those. It's, it's like a gel, but it's liquid. Um, so it's not all thick. So oh, okay. Uh, so it's basically the consistency of a gel, like not consistency, but it has the calories of a gel. Yeah. Right. Okay. And it's just like liquid. It reminds me of, you know, like when you get an otter pop and you don't freeze it yep. and, you, and you drink the juice, that's yeah. exactly what it tastes like. God, does that um, sound amazing right now? <laughs> those, um, those, those really worked and the watermelon, um, the watermelon is always good. The gummy bears later in the race. Cause I didn't want any food. I did have some ramen at that, um, at the start finish area and my stomach got a little upset with the ramen, which has never happened before. Cause usually ramen's a, a savior food, but. Uh, I think I was just eating so much that my body was like, you got to stop eating so much. Yeah. I, um, I stopped at subway on the way there and had a sandwich about an hour before. And I was like, man, I think that like the first lap before the even lap was over, I was like, my stomach is not doing well. And so I kind of battled stomach issues for probably the second, third lap, which I was like, man, again, always stomach issues. And so, um, I, I stayed on my nutrition plan. I continued with my use spring energy. And so I continued with spring energy and then I was eating ramen at the aid stations with their, you know, ramen and the noodle juice and stuff like that. And it, it I kind of came out of it after the fourth and fifth lap, but it was like, man, stomach issues again. It's like, I got to figure this out. <laughs> Don't eat subway before a race. Right. Well, yeah, I had no like subway. a very like conservative subway. It wasn't like, I went like heavy on mayonnaise and cheese and jalapenos. You know, it was like, I was very conservative with it, but it's like, still it's like. Onion solid, solid. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, I don't know. I, I have stomach issues all the time with, on races. It's just like a common thing. It's like, just get the ramen ready. He's going to have stomach issues. So. Yeah. And uh, I mean, when I first started running, I had all kinds of issues because it, you, you got to figure it out. Right. Um, later years that was like one of the only times that my stomach's ever turned on me in a race usually it stays pretty good yeah so, that's good and for it to be ramen that kind of sucks because i like ramen during races so i think it was just shitload of watermelon gummy bears and those uh waffles <laughs> yeah that is a lot of sugar going into it i, I don't know it's like you know, like the later stages of a race, you kind of turn to more savory foods and salty foods rather than you eat sugar all through the first part of the day. And you're just like, I can't take any more sugar. It's just, I'm done with sugar. Let me get, let me get some ramen and some, I don't know, quesadillas. I like quesadillas too. Those. I was going to say, I forgot. Well. I ate a, I ate quite a, quite a few quesadillas. So 
Yeah, I always do really well. Always good. So what, like leading up to this, what, what did your training look like? I mean, you, you said you didn't kind of have any expectations until what, 10 minutes before the race, like, Oh, I'm gonna try 45 miles. But yeah, I mean, training wise, you said you hadn't really run a, an ultra for two years, three years. Yeah. So what was, what going into it? Like kind of, what was your training look? I mean, cause you said you kind of just registered for it on a whim. You didn't really have any idea what you were going to get. Like. I thought maybe, you know, maybe going in, you're like, all right, I'm, I know I'm going to try to get 40 miles. And I think it's very doable based off the training that I've had. I know I can get 40 miles. And that's kind of where I was at. Like, I know where I'm at with my training. I know I can get 40 miles and that's what I did. And I was happy with it. But for you not running, not have run an ultra in three years and not really run anything for two years, kind of picking back up in April running, you know, four or five miles here. And then I know you started running with the black Hills running com- club uh, company club, black Hills running club. And your, your training kind of picked up from there, but like kind of work, talk us through, like, what was your training like? Uh, there wasn't, uh, there was no consistency. That's for sure. Um, you know, I tried to get out to M out to M Hill and get in, three to five miles every day. They were more like three miles. Um, uh, my climbing legs were totally non-existent. So that was quite fun getting that back. Um, the, the beginning I didn't really, I just took it for what it was. It was kind of weird because we do those group runs, you know, sometimes they'd be 11, 12 miles on the weekends. Then, you know, the shorter stuff during the week. Then when we did the Nate's nocturnal 50 K, that's kind of when stuff, you know, changed a little bit because we did that 50 K. Um, so, so that was, you know, everybody, let's say we did a 50 K in the dark to make up a guy's, uh, 50 K race that he missed because of COVID. So he wanted to run it overnight. So I was like, all right, let's do it. And then we, we got what about 12 of us out there and ran it. So, yeah, but that was your, and it was cool. But- that was your first ultra, right? Like three years. That was the first ultra. Yeah. In a couple of years. And that was fun. I mean, the you know, it was cool going back into Sturgis with the rally starting and all that. Um, then, you know, that was, that was just a long night. We were just out there having fun. So I didn't really feel too beat up from it. So after that, after that, I said, I just need to start being more consistent and get out there. And I didn't give myself any mileage goals. Um, I just wanted to get out there and have fun and do what I could. Bro. There was just an, there's an earthquake going on right now. Really? Yeah, there was just an earthquake. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. I'm just sitting here in the whole building <laughs> taking. It's done, but for now, dude, that was sick. It was just an earthquake. There's a lot of earthquakes. I've never been in, in an Alaska. earthquake. Well, yeah, I have. I've just slept through them. There's a lot of earthquakes here in Alaska, like a lot. And I'm just sitting here, and it's just like the room just started shaking. I was like, hmm. That's cool. That was an earthquake. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm just like, no, it's all good. Like, like, um, what's going on? All right, go ahead, man. I'm sorry. Uh, it's all good. So, yeah, like after the 50k, I just was let's just get some consistency going. Um, don't worry about you know giving yourself weekly miles or anything like that. You know, I always had like 30 miles in my head, weekly miles of just getting a base back, but I didn't really force myself to do it. 
so you know so once once nightcrawler came up i was actually pretty tapered and fresh from you know i, I guess you could say the two years of not training yeah um, i would imagine so, so i didn't really that was the weird point point you know not having any expectations i just i just wanted to see what i could do um i've never really done that before that's uh that's pretty cool yeah i just i i was super impressed man like i we we you know we had seen you running you started running with us in probably april may time frame and then you um you know and then you come out and we were doing we april may time frame we were doing big runs because we were all prepping for quad rock and then i had my hundred a couple other people had their hundreds and so it's like we were doing like 20 25 mile trail runs you know which take a long time on trails if you're my my pace so it's like we had seen you do our pace and like and then you went out and did what you did and i was just like and robbie's been sandbagging us this whole time look at his speed game <laughs> over here <laughs> So one of our other friends, yeah, I, went, uh, she did, uh, she did 41 as well. She actually age group or no, she placed, she placed third place. She got third place, third female. Yeah. Third place. And, show. Uh, yeah. And so we were just like talking as we were kind of sitting around and we we're just like, dang, Robbie, look at him. It's been sandbagging this whole time. He's actually a legit <laughs> runner. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was, that was probably the best race i've ever had oh really uh, like the you can't you know 100 miles is a different thing um 50, yeah, you know, totally some other 50 miles but to like fight that hard and stay in the game that hard um that was something i've never done yeah you know some 50 miles you know when shit gets hard i'm just like well i can just walk the last 20 miles i don't really care yeah. you know uh, even though i could s keep on running really so this was the first time I was just like, Oh, I'm just going to keep going. You know, it's all going to be over. Do you think maybe that <laughs> unlocks something in you that maybe you'll try to chase after in the future, instead of maybe walking the last so, 20 miles, you might just try to send it. I, I think so. Cause you know, when Laura caught up with me, I was just death march and then she started running. I'm like, Oh, I'm keeping right up with her. And, she's tripping and falling and having a hard time. And I'm like, I've, I was felt pretty fresh, but she, you know, she was going out for her first ultra 50 mile or what, anything on the trail. I, yeah. I couldn't believe that. We have a friend. Yeah. That was a, we have a friend, Laura, that she has a, she also has a, a friend. Of course she has plenty of friends, but um, who just ran a hundred. She showed me a picture. She's like, Hey, this is my friend that just ran her first hundred. And it was uh Western States. And I was like, Oh, cool you know, her first hundred. Um, and so she was like, I'd like to do, <laughs> I'd like to do an ultra. So I was like, Hey, we're all going out to, um, nightcrawler. It's an easy place to get an ultra. Cause you have 12 hours to get in my opinion, 31 miles. Um, I'm probably going to yeah. catch flack for that, but yes, I understand anything over a marathon is an ultra. I get it. But the first official distance over a marathon is a 50K. So I told her, I was like, why don't you just shoot for a 50K? And then if you're feeling good after the 50K point, then you just continue running. Well, she got 51 miles in her very first ultra, 12-hour race. So 
Yeah. So caught up to me. One, one, caught up to me on the six, won the race, female. Yeah. So just like, well, yeah. yeah. I think she got set the course record for female. Did she set the course record? I did not know. Yeah. That. She set the course record. Incredible. Yeah. No woman done 51 miles. Incredible. I think it was 48, I think was the highest for the woman. I could be wrong, but. Yeah, she came to me about six, eight weeks before. Maybe, yeah, six, eight weeks before. She's like, I don't even know how to train for this. Can you build me a little training program? So I just put a little training program together for her, and she went out and did it. And I was like, she was, I mean, she has a very good background in running. Like, she's run Boston twice. Like, she has a really good marathon background. And she's also has a really good base. So it was easy to give her those higher mileage weekends. But I was like, She's never trail run before. That was a crazy thing. She's never run on trails. And so I was like, you have to get on trails at night. Exactly. She'd never run at night. (laughs) She'd never run trails. So I was like, you need to go run at night and you need to go run trails at least on the weekend. So yeah, I was very impressed by what she did. I'm super, super impressed. Not just very, like very, very, super, very, how many varies and supers can I say, but impressed, like super proud of her too. She she gutted it out and you know with with her not catching back up to me um i don't think i would have got 51 miles i think i would have just walked it in and called it quits yeah not last lap well that's good she she it's kind of it's kind of funny what people can do like i ran the last two miles with our buddy chris and it was like yeah i was gonna go for that fifth lap but i probably would just walked that whole lap you know i probably wouldn't have ran Mm -hmm. any of it i just would have walked and Got done at six, six thirty and just been happy. Like, oh cool, I did forty miles, forty one miles. I'm happy, you know. Or actually, yeah, I did. I would have done forty because I did a mile and a half after that. So I would have done forty. I wouldn't even have done the little one. So um yeah, yeah Chris and I were kind of hanging out the last two laps and it was, you know, absolutely perfect. And you know, we just we ran when we wanted to, we walked when we wanted to, and both him and I just really had no expectations. Forty miles was good. And, it was good, but yeah, man, congrats, dude. Second place. That's, that's Thank awesome. You. Coming off of uh, a three year hiatus from running and actually two year, three years from ultra two years from running. And I just coming back yeah. into it. You kind of, you went out and set the bar high for yourself. So I know it's uh, <laughs> I could, the cool thing though, is, um, you know, people, a lot of people run to find themselves or whatever you want to say. Uh, that definitely lit a fire under my ass that I've never felt just knowing, go out there and accomplish what you set out to do with really no lack of training. You know, there's like an off the couch for me. Um, I, I mean, I had some running in, but in the big game of things, it was not much, you know, people have been probably been training 40 to 60 miles, you know, try to hit that. 50 mile mark on that 12 hour. Yeah. And I'm over here maybe 25, 30 <laughs> at the most. Yeah. That's, um, yeah, super. I'm like, I couldn't, I was just, I was so impressed. I was so happy. Like just seeing like our whole team. So we had this, uh, well, I'm not, I mean, I got some part of it, but I'm just not, I'm not part of it right now, but I'm part of it. The butters. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> All right. I'm part of it. I have the shirt. Um, it's the black Hills ultra trail runners. And we took, what did we take? Seven of us. Yeah. And we had three. We, you placed second, Laura placed first and Teresa placed third. 
Yeah. And then we didn't really, there, there's not really age groups, then, but then we also had two age groups on top of that. Or do we have three age mm-hmm. groups? Yeah, we might, no, we had three age groups. Me, Chris, and uh, Billy age grouped. Oh, yeah. All right. So we took seven people and had six, three podiums and three age groups. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was awesome. Strong group of runners. Dude, I was just, yeah. I was so happy. I was so happy for you guys. Like, I really was. It was just over the moon. Like, oh my gosh, I couldn't believe, like, how well you guys did. I was thrilled. Just, you know, I don't uh, know. It gets me like, excited for the future. It really <laughs> does. It really does. I, I was just sitting there and I was just like, holy crap. It, and and I, I, I didn't like how they didn't do first, second, third. I wish they would have done that. Um, I mean, I guess you got the little trophy on ultra sign up, but I wish they would have yeah. done first, second, third. They only did first place, male, female, and then first place, uh, two person, four person, uh, relay teams. But I, w- I wish they would have done first, second, third, but I get it. Yeah. You know, I think, a, they, they, yeah, it's a small, it, it wasn't a small, I mean, it's 80 people ran it. That's not terribly small, but it's a small race. Yeah. But, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I wish they would broke it down more because those those relay guys. I mean, I ain't taking anything away, but the four four group relay. I mean, they could run one lap and wait. You know, yeah, four laps to before they run another lap. And they only they didn't run as many laps as you did. No, not at all. They only Maybe ran two. five. I think they ran five. Yeah. The four-person relay ran five. I don't know what the two-person yeah. team did, but I know the four-person team ran, only ran five laps. So it's like, and then he ran a couple little laps. So I think he did more than us, the the four-man team did. But it was like, that's, uh, yeah. You as an individual did six laps and two little laps, like crazy. Yeah, man, I was, I was, I was impressed. I was stoked. I was happy. I was like, we came down here. We represented. And... And it was a great race. Like I was impressed. Yeah. Was, they had the aid stations were run really well. The race was run well. Yeah. Um, the swag was cool. You got a little beanie for just like registering for, I mean, the race costs 50 bucks. It's like, that's the cheapest, <laughs> cheapest 50 miler you will ever run. I'll put my money on it. <laughs> dollar a mile. <laughs> a dollar a mile. I paid a little over. Um, you, yeah, but it's like you got a beanie, a sweet like Boko beanie, and then you got a little mug, like a finisher mug. I was like, man, this is a pretty sweet little little race. So if you're ever thinking yeah, about definitely. thinking about running a a twelve hour race, definitely look up Nightcrawler and the race director. We're gonna yeah. have him on. He's a he's got an interesting story for sure. Yeah, and he's going through some stuff right now, which is pretty interesting too. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to hit him up and have him. I don't know if you saw his Strava post from the other day. I didn't know. I haven't seen it. Yeah. I've kind of been off Strava. I'm taking a running break and a Strava break. (laughs) Oh, I see. I don't know. I get it. It's like if you're taking a running break and you get on Strava, you're just going to have like FOMO from everybody out there doing like cool stuff. Yeah. All right. Now it's time to go run again. So I kind of told myself like, um, I'll just take a break from Strava as well. And so I've gotten on there every once in a while. I get it. Cause my dad went out and did like a 30 mile bike ride. And so I was like, Oh, let me go check out his ride and see what he did. You know? So I've gotten on there every once in a while, but usually I get on there a couple times a day and give kudos and 
you know, see what everybody else is doing. But yeah, I decided to, uh, yeah, no, I, you know what I do need to do is I need to get on, see if there's any segments around here and then let me go get oh, yeah. segments. Yeah. Go get yeah. some comms. That's what I need to do. I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah. <off> here. <laughs> I'm going to go light, segment. Light chase everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've never had a comp. So, uh, week after nightcrawler, you went and did something, uh, <laughs> way out of your comfort zone i might be taking putting words in your mouth but uh no you definitely stole my what words. you did before that <laughs> uh yeah so you ran the road the 5-0 mountain bike race here in spearfish south dakota yeah the dakota 5-0 on uh the hottest day they ever had just going with your your year of hot days yeah so uh, let, let's step back a bit, but black Canyon, uh, weekend was one of the hottest weekends they've ever had. Quad rock weekend was one of the hottest weekends they've ever had. Bighorn 100 was one of the hottest weekends they've ever had. And the Dakota five Oh was the hottest weekend they've ever had. So it was like, bro, can I catch a break on some heat? But I will tell you <laughs> riding a bike. And 100 degree weather is nothing compared to running in 100 degree weather. So, yeah, man, it better was better or worse. Uh, way better. Way, way better. Um, okay. Yeah. So, it's a, a 50 mile mountain bike race. Um, I would say 40 miles of single track. There's a couple like two tracks that you got on throughout the Black Hills, just kind of leading from trail to trail. And then the first six or first three and last three miles were were on uh, a paved road. So, yeah, probably 40 miles of single track. Um, amazing course. So I don't ride a bike very often. I mean, I ride a bike a lot. I don't ride mountain bike a lot. I'm more of a road slash gravel rider is what i would say if i'm i'm a runner but if i'm going to ride a bike i'm going to ride my gravel bike that's the bike i'm going to choose but i have a mountain bike um i think this is going to sound stupid the longest that mountain bike <laughs> ride that i've ever rode was eight miles <laughs> so i'll just jump in on 50 <laughs> yeah so uh yeah so and leading up to it i didn't do any rides like no i didn't go out and do like even on gravel right i didn't even go out like hey let's go out and do a 30 mile gravel ride or anything like that i did do a 20 mile ride and i think it was eight weeks before 50 and then i rode i would say six to eight miles leading up to the 50 so i had zero training on the 50 so there was no expectations to finish at any time fast. I don't even know what fast is on a five zero. You know, I'm not. Right. I, I don't. I don't have a clue. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I was extremely nervous because, obviously, I've only ever done eight miles on a mountain bike, and I didn't know. I know how to ride a mountain. I don't know how to ride a mountain bike. I took a couple courses from some people, um, so I kind of had an idea, but. I wasn't the only thing that I was like scared of riding was the switchbacks, like taking switchbacks. That was the only thing that scared me. Like I have no problem going fast downhill, 
I have no problem like taking turns. I have no problem with that. It's the switchbacks that get me. And still to this day, like even after the five Oh, I still like, I was terrified when they're switchbacks, but I mean, I rode them, but still pretty terrified, but they had, um, uh, it's a pretty like very well run race. Like they do a very good job at organizing it, setting it up. The after party was dope. The course marking was phenomenal. Like you would never go to a point where you'd be like, am I on the right course? You would always have like ribbons that you're following. It was just like, it was great. I, I loved every minute of, to be honest with you. Um, there were, you know, a couple points where I was like, uh, what am I doing out here? But so they have five, uh, waves. They go off every 10 minutes. It starts at 7 a.m. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day about it and I can't remember the third wave, but I think it's called the pros. The Joe's, I don't know. I can't remember what the third one's called, but I think it goes. The fourth one is um, who knows. And then the fifth way is goes, let's see how it goes. So that's how <laughs> the, the Joe's, the pros, something O's for third wave. Who knows? Let's see how it goes. And so I was in the let's see how it goes fifth wave. And that wave was an eight hour plus finish. So to give reference to that, the winner was 348, I believe, or 343. So something like that. So, yep. I mean, he was like, it, it was disgusting how fast he finished. By the time I get to the first aid station, which was like 10 miles, he was probably almost done. So because he was 40 <laughs> minutes ahead of me as it was. And I think it took oh, right. two hours to get to the first aid station. So he was almost done. Yeah. It was disgusting. That's crazy. But I mean, professional mountain bike rider so right i would i would expect on it. 10 fifteen thousand dollar bikes yeah i would imagine that the first wave group um i saw him take off i would imagine that there's not a bike under five thousand dollars in that group. oh yeah so in my group Word. there was bikes that were like a thousand dollars so <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was cool man um so we took off and we're right and it's just like the first 20 miles, I think the first 23 miles, because the first aid station is like 10, 11 miles. Second aid station is like 22, 23 miles. The first 23 miles are pretty much all a bill. Really? So it's just like a grind. It's like, God, is this ever going to end just uphill? It's just like, I don't think I got out of that gear, that real high gear ever. Grand first 20 miles yeah i just never got out of it first off because i don't really know how to ride but second off like i just <laughs> just like was never out of that gear it was bad there was a couple downhills but nothing like the second half was like it was fun the second half was really fun it was just a bomb but i think it took me oh. four and a half hours to get to that first aid station and then it took me 915 to finish is what it took me. But the second half definitely had some uphill. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't like all downhill the second half. There was a lot of uphill still. But there was a lot of like two to three mile sections where you could just like go and bomb. And which was really cool. Like it's fun just to kind of get in a groove and just like this is gonna be I didn't know because I didn't know the course, but I was like, this, you know, you could tell when you've been riding for a long time and you're just like flying in my opinion not anybody else's because i was probably going <laughs> pretty slow but just like sending it for you know a couple miles 
And that felt pretty good because you can kind of get out of your seat, out of your saddle, kind of stand up, kind of get in the groove, kind of just like change it up a little bit because the first 23 miles or you're in your saddle the whole time and just burning your legs. But did you do any uh, walk a bike up the hills? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. There was a couple of sections. I would say in that first 20 miles, 23 miles, the walk a bike, maybe a mile overall, like oh, split okay. up. Like it was pretty Not rideable. Much. Yeah. Pretty rideable. Um, <clears throat> there was a section that was, right after that third aid station which was 30 something miles they're about every 10 miles was an aid station but the the 30 mile section there was just like humongous hills which probably would have been rideable but you had i think i had 35 or 36 miles on my legs at that point and so they definitely were not rideable. you had to Everybody I was with was walking their bike and it was probably, I don't know, a mile or two that we were walking. Like you could walk up and then they would kind of be like, it would go switch back. And so you could get on, get on your bike and ride a little bit for a switch back. And then you're right back on the bike, right back on the ground, like pushing it up. So yeah, there was a lot of sections in that second half. I wouldn't say there, there was not as much climb in the second half, but there was a lot more elevation or a lot higher grades in the second half the first half was all the climb pretty much but it was rideable the second half it just had like there's gonna be a mile of straight up and you're gonna have to get off your bike and push and so it was um yeah definitely a walk a bike in that section but yeah it was uh (laughs) it was fun and then that at the after that third aid station, you go a couple miles. That's where you go to a real big climb, and then you have a pretty good little descent, and you descend into what they call the beer and bacon station. So they have strings that are strung across the trees, and they have bacon hanging from clotheslines, and you just ride through and grab a couple pieces of bacon. You stop. You know, it's an aid station, so you stop, and you have a, you know, have a beer, and they have bacon inside the beer, and so it's just like, I probably had like five or six pieces of bacon. I only had one beer, but you had five or six pieces of bacon and the, it was like real cold beer. It was really nice. And our friend <laughs> Teresa was there. She was kind of like crewing me. She met me at one of the aid stations, kind of helped me out a little bit. And then she met me at the beer and bacon station. And like we had a beer and some bacon together. So uh, really cool. But that's awesome. And, and then from there, the beer, the beer and bacon station, you go on this point called Dakota Ridge and that's extremely technical. Um, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a mountain bike rider like at all pretty much. And so I walked, it, it was all downhill for the most part. And I walked my bike down that hill. Cause it was just, it was real rocky, very, very technical, um, for about a, uh, maybe a mile and a half, two miles. And so I walked a lot. There were some sections that you could ride and it would kind of come right back into Dakota Ridge. And so I, um, I walked a lot of that. I just, I was like, I'm not going to risk dying out here. <laughs> so, right. but then after that Dakota Ridge, uh, I don't know how many miles, it might've been 10 miles and it was all very rideable, very downhill flying. And it was very enjoyable. It was a really fun race to end on. Um, the last 10 miles are all downhill. So it was like super fun oh, nice. to end on. Yeah. So it does a lollipop. It does a big, um, I think the loop is 30 miles, but you 30 something miles, but you do a seven mile, um, 
stem into once you get off the um the gravel paved path you do a, a seven mile single track and then it goes into like a 30 something mile loop so um but that last single track seven miles is all downhill and then of course the the paved gravel road is all downhill too so you really kind of like that last 10 miles you can send it I don't know what my time. The, was. I, didn't, I didn't even actually go back and look at all my data because I don't even know what to to judge it off of. But <laughs> it, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, that uh, the the finish line was pretty crazy. The, I mean, there was music and tons of people and beer and food. All those food trucks. Yeah, they had uh, like a really we, good we setup. Were, yeah, we then uh, we were tracking you then. It was like, oh, he's probably got like 30 minutes. Then all of a sudden we hear, here he comes. <laughs> like, oh shit, none of us were ready. <laughs> yeah, I was running my Garmin uh, and uh, was it inReach? Yeah, Garmin inReach the whole time. Just so like all you guys could track me because I know you were at the finish line and, you know, throughout the day to see where I was at. But um, I guess going through some of the canyons and some of the spots, it wasn't tracking real well, but I don't know. I guess after the beer and bacon station, Teresa was there. So you guys kind of knew like, all right, he's about 30. I think I was 13 miles from the finish. Oh uh, yeah. So we were, um, you know, we were following you. Then Eric's like, oh, he hasn't even made it to here yet. And that's still quite a ways away. And, uh, you know, we wait for every update. And there was a few times where it looked like you weren't even moving. Probably 30 minutes. It didn't look like you were moving. I definitely and, probably uh, wasn't. That was Dakota Ridge. <laughs> That was and that's what that, that's what Eric did say. That was Dakota Ridge, so he knew that was going to be slow. You know, then he said once you get back to the where the lollipop is, that it was pretty fast. Yeah, but we didn't know either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had no idea. I was going to bank off my fitness going from running, going into biking. So that's definitely something you can do. So. If you're looking into doing a bike race, you can definitely bank your fitness from running because I don't think it'll transition the other way. You can't bike and then try to run an ultra, yeah. but I think that yeah. you could you could run and then try to ride. I don't know if 50-mile mountain bike ride is considered an ultra or not, but it's um, you could definitely you could definitely go the other way for sure. And it was fun, man. Like I fueled like I was on an like I was doing an ultra. Every hour I would fuel up and at the aid stations, I would grab food and go, but you could tell that there were a lot of people out there that weren't experienced in heat and running or riding that long of a distance because I would get to an aid station and um, I would get off. I would like, I'd get my water refilled. I would grab stuff at the aid station. I would fill up, you know, grab some food. I would eat real quick and I'd be back on the bike and I was out in less than five minutes, but I would hear people like, yeah, I spent 20 minutes at the last station. I'm like, dang, 20 minutes. But I guess I just had a lot of experience from running ultras that, you know, like you don't spend time at aid stations. You just get what you yeah. need to oh. get, get out of here. And then yeah. like we would be get riding out. and there would be people just like stopped along the way, just chit chatting. And I'm like, and, and I'll, for a couple of times I would stop and just hang out with people. And like, and then after a while I was like, man, what am I doing? Like, I don't feel bad. Like, let's just keep going. <laughs> so I probably could have finished a little bit quicker, but you know, those guys that I would stop with were strong riders. And so they would pass me and then I would catch up to them, you know, as they were sitting 
And eventually like they were sitting there and I was just like, all right, I got to go. And so like, I just kept riding when they were sitting and they never caught up again, but probably because they sat for a couple minutes and it was enough for me to get a little gain on them. But, but yeah, I started in wave five and I probably finished, I finished with a lot of three wave three and wave fours. So, Oh, that's awesome. I think that the, the heat had a lot to do with where people finished. Yeah. Um, it definitely had zero effect on me. I was going to finish in nine fifteen, whether it was 70 degrees or hundred degrees. Right. So I might've been, had it been 70 degrees, I might've been the last person to come through because <laughs> everybody else that would have been a, you know, a stronger rider, not affected by the heat. But I mean, the heat never bothered me, which was insane because heat always bothers me, but. I had my arm sleeves. I had plenty of water. I was running. Um, I was running. What was I doing? Element in my water bottle. So I was drinking an element every 10 miles. I was running water in my pack, um, in my bladder. I was eating good on the aid stations. I was, you know, fueling really good. And I was like, man, like I felt good the whole day. Like, I just was not going to ride faster than nine hours and 15 minutes. That was my time that I was destined to ride. There was no faster than that. I mean, everything that I did, I did to my ability. So maybe if my ability was better, I would have rode faster, but, <laughs> but I did everything. So you didn't have any low points. I had no low points. Um, I had no points where like, yeah, I'd come in and I'd be like, all right, yeah, it's, it's hot. Obviously it's a hundred degrees. Like don't, I'm not going to say that I wasn't like, hundred percent affected by the heat. Cause it's still hundred degrees, but right. I just, I had a lot of experience in heat and, and we had been heat training running at three, four o'clock in the afternoon when it was 90 plus degrees, hundred degrees. Outside. Yeah, I know so all those, uh, all those Thursdays that were 90 plus. Yeah. So like I had experience <laughs> running in heat whether you know, they weren't like, like super long runs, six miles max, but I had, you know, and of course I had raced in, high heat too so yeah man i i don't know i just i i didn't have any low points really i don't think and then um yeah i had a great time it was a super fun race um i would 100 do it again i think that um mountain biking is something that could definitely be a good little hobby and kind of an off you know and uh a different style of training but you know yeah i mean it's, it's, it's good training. you know to switch it up, you know, with the running, you can get some recovery rides in, you know? Yeah. I would, most of the time you... I would definitely suggest riding it next year if I were you. Yeah. It's just, check it out. It was just a lot of fun, man. It really was. Like, the aid stations were a lot of fun. Like, some of the swag that you got, like, uh, they had a big table full of stuff, and they were just calling names after after the race. And so, like, everybody got something. I got, like, the sick hat, you know? says Dakota five on it, but yeah, really cool race. So if you're a mountain bike rider out there and you want to ride a, a cool race in the black Hills of South Dakota, look up the Dakota five. Oh, I think it sells out in like 10 minutes. Yeah. It's what was, how many years has it been around 15 years or something? No, I think that was the 22nd year. Oh, I could be wrong. More. No. Yeah. It's in the twenties. I don't remember what year it was. I have my shirt here somewhere. I could look it up, but. It's in the twenties for sure. There was almost eight hundred registered riders. Then I think five hundred finished somewhere. Five five something finished. 
Yeah, I know we had uh, we had a friend of ours that dropped out. Uh, I think he had done 20 of the years, 22 of the year. I think this was his 22nd year to attempt it. And the, the heat just got him. And so I think he wasn't, he wasn't heat trained, but um, yeah. So he dropped out. I think at that 23 mile eight station, he dropped out. Yeah. That's, you know, 800 registered runners, 500 people. That's pretty good. I think. Yeah. Do you think the, do you think, what what's harder running a 50 mile uh ultra or riding a mountain bike 50 mile <laughs> oh for sure running okay i think you would have to get you would have to get to the 100 before it would be equivalent i would imagine if you if you did the 50 mile bike race and then you turned around and did it in reverse like that would be equivalent to running a 50 miler probably oh wow yeah, it, it's it's a lot different. I mean, because you're like, yeah, your butt starts to get sore because you're on the bike and like you're using different muscles on your legs. But there's a lot of opportunities that you can just like those two, three, some sometimes seven to ten mile downhills that you're just blazing. Like you're so concentrated on the trail and like picking your lines and kind of taking the turns and all that stuff that you're so concentrated on that, that boom, seven miles is gone. You're back on the pavement. You're wrong. You know, once you're on pavement, it's like, you're just going like, yeah. you're not thinking about that, but it was just, um, when you 30 miles an hour for five or six miles, that goes by pretty quick. Yeah. You're just, and like I said, you're thinking about the trail. I definitely wasn't doing 30, but you're, th you're thinking about the trail and you're picking your line. So you're not, you're not concerned about anything. You're not thinking about anything. And so like, that was the last 10 miles of a race, like the last 10 miles of a 50 miler. It's just like, God, you're just burnt out and beat up. It's like, yeah, you know, like what we were just talking about with your race. It's like, man, that's a, that's a tough last 10 miles, especially when you've been, I wasn't sending it by any means. Like I was definitely back of the pack where I belong, but I, you know, I mean, there's definitely people that finished like way behind me, but you know, so I wasn't last, but. I was, I was definitely where I needed to be in the back of the pack, but I, you know, I just took it very conservative because I had no idea what to expect. I didn't want to go in like, Oh, let me go blaze these first 20 miles and get the climb out of the way. And then, then it's all downhill <laughs> from there. Cause I would have died because it was not all down. I think yeah. it had like 4,500 feet of climb and the first 23 miles. And I ended with 6,200. So I still had quite mm. a bit of climb left over yeah. you know and so like you know that last little bit you you're still climbing i remember i was on that but but the climbs some of them were on like two tracks like the ones that would like a trail would end and you would have to go up a two track probably for a mile and get back on mm -hmm. a single track and like those climbs i thought were pretty fairly easy because i i have pretty you know i would say i have pretty big legs and i've done lots of squats and deadlifts and so like you know i have pretty strong <laughs> legs power. and so that yeah i definitely have power and i think that i think that my run training paid off in those situations where it was like okay it's at the it's the last of the race it's kind of like this is where you kind of need to kick it a little bit and i passed probably five or six people on that two track and so because they were just like dying i mean everybody was riding it it was very rideable but everybody was dying and i was just like yeah this sucks because you're going uphill and it's you're 40 miles in but 
it wasn't that bad, you know, it was very rideable. I, you know, like I said, I have somewhat strong legs, so I was able to kick it a little bit, but yeah, I was, I was very happy with my performance. I, I don't look down on what I did being the nine hours, like very happy with it. Um, I actually wanted to talk to the guy that gave me some lessons cause he ran uh group run, group one and did really well. I don't, I don't think he placed, but he did really well in group one. Um, and he's a level two mountain bike coach instructor. So, um, I kind of wanted to talk to him a little bit about, you know, my performance a little bit, see kind of like, you know, what he thought, what, you know, going forward type thing, but I don't know, maybe I'll do another mountain bike race. If I come back to, when I come back to the black Hills, I will probably do the five Oh again. I could see myself doing it. But, it was so it was so cool to watch you finish just knowing that what we did a week before too, <laughs> you know, yeah, that car you know, the week before. Yeah. I do in the next, <laughs> next week you get on a bike and ride 50 miles. Yeah, I ran forty-one miles. Ride was eight miles, so I ran forty-one miles and then did fifty-mile bike ride the next weekend. So then got in the when, car and drove the next day. Remember when I said that I'm taking a break because my body's beat up? <laughs> <laughs> this all makes sense now. <laughs> it all makes sense. There's a reason my body's beat up. Yeah, I pushed my body pretty hard. So, um, I, yeah, but you my, did you did amazing things though. So yeah, mentally I was screaming for a break. And yeah, so, you know, that. my body was screaming for a break mentally. I was like, I need to kind of step back. And it's hard when you have a group of people that go out and run every weekend to be like, all right, I'm going to take a break. Cause I feel like if, you know, if you're injured or if you're not running, you know, cause you're taking a break, it's like, it's kind of hard to see all your friends who are our runners you know, and when you're not running, cause it's like, Oh, they're meeting up for beers after their run. But like, do I come because I'm not running or I don't know. You're just, I guess there's that, that definitely that, that mental aspect of things. So, so I think yeah. the timing of my break is perfect because I was moving. I was, I really wanted to spend time with my wife for the five days that we had together. I didn't want to feel like, Oh, I need to go ride. I need to go run. I need to go do this. I need to go do that. So it's like, I really wanted that time. And then when I got here, I really just didn't want to be rushed into, Oh, I need to start my training back. I want to do it on my terms. So yeah, I, I, it's the perfect timing of it. And so I don't want to go back to why I'm taking a break again, but. <laughs> well, no, it all feeds into the, you know, what you, what you just accomplished with the yeah big, huge mountain bike race. And after 40 miles of running the week before for sure. You know, and the big the big thing is, you know, you, the longest mountain bike ride you had was eight miles. Um, well, the long, yeah, the longest mountain bike ride I'd, I'd had, yeah. I had done twenty plus milers on a gravel, so I had time to saddle. Yeah, but the longest, you know, it's just cool to hear how, you know, your fitness was there and it crossed over. Um, it was probably you know your mental, your mental capacity with just knowing what's going on from all the runs. You know, I'm sure running Bighorn was way harder than the 5 and <laughs> I'd just be like, ah, oh, this is easy. I'm almost done. You know, I'm just going to enjoy this. I think the first seven miles of Bighorn was harder than the entire 5 <laughs> <laughs> Right. It, it's just crazy when we do these crazy things and you're just like, that wasn't that hard. I, I got a lot more in me. Yeah, I'm, I, 
as stupid as it sounds, like I wasn't tired when I finished. I could have kept I I could have kept writing. I didn't really want to keep writing, but I could have kept writing. Yeah. And so um I definitely contribute a lot of what I did to or a lot of, you know, a lot of the I, I contribute the mountain bike ride to all the ultras that I've run and all the races that we have we, you know, the training runs that we've run and the the races and stuff like that, because it's like, yeah, you do like you're talking about in those lows, like you hit those lows and you know how to come out of them and you find your way out and you have friends that kind of help you out. Like you said, like I had the same thing at Bighorn. I've talked about it before, but I got in a really low at 30 something miles and Chris paced through the night and it just kind of brought me out of that. And it's like, I would not have finished it had he not been there. And so, um, you're the kind of the same way you just spoke on it. Like, you ran yeah. your, your, your race, but you said that after six laps, you would have been done had Laura not been there and like, all right, let's push it a little bit. You know, you are, you would have walked the last six, six yeah. lap instead of running it. And it's like, you know, like we have friends that kind of bring us out of those lows. And it's like, I'm super appreciative of that. Like, obviously I didn't have anybody on the five Oh, but I mean, I had Teresa at some of the stations and I knew all you guys were at the finish line, but it's like, you know, you don't have anybody pacing you on a mountain bike right, race, right. but and for the most part, I was out there by myself the majority of the time. I would say, you know, 90% of the time I'm out there by myself. There might be other riders around me, but you're not really, you're not talking like you would on an ultra where, you oh, know, yeah, I can see that you're spending time with people on a run. Like you're spending, you're getting to know them. Like, you know, their family history, you know, everything about these people, but on a mountain bike race, like, I don't know, I had my headphones and was just kind of kicking it to music a lot. So, um, Yeah. It was a great time, man. I, I loved every minute of it. Uh, we'll do it again. I think it was a perfect way to, you know, send out South Dakota for your time being. <laughs> for sure, man. Well, I hey, mean, man. that, that, uh, no, I'll go for it. Yeah, go for it, bro. That, uh, the, that after party for that was, um, quite amazing. I've never, a lot of the ultras, you know, people just get their stuff and leave. Um, but this was such a, there was a lot of families with a lot of kids writing too. And, uh, you know, some families, the whole families were writing. It was really cool to see those people just hanging out and cheering on the people coming in. Um, it, it meant a lot more than, um, like I, I've been at ultras and there's no one at the finish line, right? Because they're just so weird and yeah. finish times are all over the place, you know? people aren't going to be out there three o'clock in the morning for you to finish a hundred miler or just that sense of community was, it was, uh, I was taken back by it. Yeah, Something the older sure. community needs yeah. to take in. So I passed a couple of people that a couple families, but this one was like blowing me away. The dad was the, the dad. And I believe it was the daughter were riding a tandem. The dad was up front. The daughter was in the back the mom and the son were riding individual mountain bikes. And it was like the whole family was riding together. Like they started together and they finished together. I was just like, that's super cool. Like the whole family's out here. Like if somebody wants a break, they all stop. Like you could tell the dad was pretty competitive uh, and knew what he was doing. Cause I could hear him like talking like, Hey, we're going to get, you know, we got a pretty good little turns coming up. Blah, blah, blah. I was kind of talking through the course, but it was just like really cool. Um, there was a father daughter, um, duo, they had matching, a matching outfit. Like 
they were wearing the the shorts with the you know the chamois and and then the biking shirt but they they were leopard print and so <laughs> like i don't know how old the the daughter was she was probably like i don't know 13 14 and then you know of course the dad but they were riding together and they were talking you know and i, I was i talked to them a little bit it was because i caught up to them and you know it was just cool to kind of see like a father-daughter team out there um uh, i ran into another father-son team where the the I mean, he was pretty young. He would probably like eight or nine, maybe. And he was having some issues with his, I don't know what he was having issues with, but it was something with his front wheel. And like every couple miles, his dad would have to, they would have, both have to stop. His dad would have to get off and like tighten something up. And I was like, I just talked, you know, I'll stop with them just because I was riding with them. They were riding good. So I was riding with them mm-hmm. and stop when they'd stop. Just kind of chit chat with them. But I was like, bro, you're doing, you're talking to the kid. I was like, bro, you're killing it, man. Like, you're doing really well, you know? And he's like, yeah, thanks. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was cool to see. Cause that's something you don't see on an ultra. You don't see like families out there doing it together. Mm. Usually one family member and the family supporting them, but you don't see yeah, everybody see. doing it. So I thought that was really cool that there was like, I think the youngest kid was like, what? Seven. Something. Yeah. Seven or eight. I was like, oh, yeah, something like that. I think like it was that, that kid that uh, him, that was having Probably. the tire issue. I think it was him and his dad because I think they came in right after I did. And so um, it was kind of neat to, I don't know, it's just cool to see the families and like talk to them and kind of get their story a little bit. So that's what it's all about, man. It's just out there having yeah, time yeah. with your family and friends or family. whoever. You know, the, you know, the ultra running is totally different because um i mean a lot of these younger kids can't even sign up because they're not 18 you know so a lot of the 100 milers won't let kids under 18 you know yeah it's probably it's probably somewhat dangerous to let a kid run a big race uh, you know you're the there's a seven-year-old run riding a 50 mile 50 mile mountain bike race and he's going 20 30 miles down the hill maybe not that fast but if he crashes i mean he's done you know at that oh yeah for sure yeah you know but we're it's a hundred miler and you got a 15 year old and it's like, Oh, that's child abuse. It's just, yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, no, I totally, but that, that was so refreshing for me to see that. It's like, Oh, these mountain bikers, they don't care. There's all these families out here riding. It's all about the sport and you know what they give back to the community. And it totally was a community. Like there was a spot where I was stopped with a couple of guys just chit chatting and they, he pulled out a bag of Skittles and he's like, anybody want some Skittles? And I'm like, yeah, I'll take some Skittles. You know, it's like <laughs> just pass the bag of Skittles around. So I just thought that, you know, I don't know, like you get that in an ultra too, but you know, yeah, the communities are very similar. Like the people are pretty similar. Everybody was, the only thing that I would say was different is like, you don't chat while you're kind of with people because I don't know, maybe, I don't know. It's just, and maybe you do, if you're, you know how to ride. I don't know. I didn't know how to ride. You're on a bike so. though. And if it's not, if it's not double track or anything, how you got to be next to someone to hear. So, I mean, I could see yeah. your single file just riding. I mean, I did talk a lot to people here and there, but I would say for the most part, I didn't, but we'd stop or eight stations, you know, people would be chit-chatting, but yeah, it was a really cool experience, man. And like I said, the family thing was cool and Yeah. I'm so glad you did it because I know you're on the fence, off the fence that whole week. Then I was well, I was on and off the fence for a couple weeks because yeah. I didn't want to do it. I didn't. Um, and it and it's kind of unlike me to have that type of it, 
of thought process because normally like I'm a go-to type person. Like if I get something set in my mind, like I'm a hundred percent going to do it. And yeah. so for me to have that, even that thought was, it was kind of weird. Um, and my wife was kind of like, why don't you just go do it? And so I was like, why? Yeah. Why am I even like considering, I was trying to consider like giving it away. I even, I even emailed the race director and was like, Hey, I don't really want to ride this. I didn't really say that, but I was like, I don't really want to ride this. Can you give it away? I don't care. I don't care about the money. I don't want to sell it, uh, whatever. Give it to somebody. I don't care. And they were like, yeah, it's too late. Our policy, you know, this time, blah, blah, blah. Understand that. I get it. And so I was like, you know what? You're right. I'm just going to go ride this thing because I signed up for it. It's out of my element. And I have this statement that I like to say, it's called build character. And it's like, well, how can you ever build character if you continuously do the same thing that you always do? Like, yeah. I'm a runner. I'm always out running. Everybody knows me as a runner. They get it. I run ultras. I run whatever. I'm always out running. And it's like, am I really building character if I'm continuously doing the same thing that I always do? No. Let me get out and do something that's out of my element. Let me truly build some character. And so like, I feel like that I built some character that day. So oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very excited that I did it. I, I don't say, I don't know if I would have looked down upon myself for not doing it because I don't know what I would have missed, but right. yeah. Um, but because I did it, I'm super happy. I'm, you know, like I said, I'll go do it again because I'll probably put in some training this time. I'm not going to like go out and just wing it like I did, but <laughs> um, I, I'm so grateful that I did it. I had such a fun time. It, I'm just glad, but it was just funny. Cause my wife's like taking videos of me, like picking up my packet and like, I'm in there and running shorts and a running shirt. Like I got my hat backwards. <laughs> like I look like a runner. I look like a trail runner. And then everybody else is looking like a biker. And like, I don't know what the difference is, but you can just tell there's a difference in bikers and runners and the way they look and dress, but and kind of walk in you know but it's oh, like, that's funny so immediately like i was out of my element and my wife's like taking videos and stuff she's like oh we got a runner coming to coming to ride a bike race so i think i would be more in my element if i did a gravel bike race and i would really like to try some gravel bike races because i feel like i could do better in those because i like right i like riding mountain bike too but it scares the hell out of me sometimes so yeah just the technical aspects but with the gravel bike, I feel like I could get down. And so go hammer. I don't know. I, like I said, man, I got these power quads. I think I could do some damage in them. Yeah. I get, I get something uh, that I know what I'm doing. I could go do some damage. I get out there and get my ass whooped, but who knows? You have to find a gravel race or just go do a long ride. Yeah. I'm thinking about doing something here short, shortly. We'll see. I don't know. I'm kind of contemplating whether I want to do it or not, but do it yeah i know i just need to go next week <laughs> yeah i'm thinking about it man next week i'm thinking just yeah. uh i turned 35 next week i would do something big and i had a friend who said well because i i told my friend that i'm writing well she knew i was writing the 50 but i said after this am i an actual uh bike rider and she said no you gotta do a century first <laughs> <laughs> Then you're a real bike rider. So I'm thinking about it. I'm not sure if I'm going to do it yet, but I'm thinking about next week on my birthday, next Saturday, 
getting on the bike and going to the century. So do it. The only thing that's kind of holding me back from it is I haven't really ran or biked for the last two weeks. So I have zero. I, I know it's all fitness, but it's like, I don't have any type of, I don't know. In my mind, I'm yeah. like, oh, I haven't done anything in two weeks. So I don't know. So yeah, no, I, I, yeah, we'll <laughs> see. But I don't care about time. So I, if I go do it, I'm just going to go out and just like, I just know it's going to be a long day in the saddle. So yeah, if I do do it, there is a brewery that's about 40 something miles away. So I'm thinking that I will ride 10 miles the opposite direction, 10 miles back, ride to the brewery. That'll give me at 60 miles. Mm-hmm. And then I'll ride home. I'll have, I'll stop at the brewery, have a burger, beer, and then I'll ride home. That sounds like a good plan. I think it, if it's going to be a plan, that's the plan to do because yeah. the last, uh, the majority of the last 40 miles are downhill. So oh, cool. Yeah, so you're going to climb up to it because it kind of starts to climb up into getting into the mountains, into the alley. And so um, I think that that would be, if I'm going to do it, that's that's the route I'm going to do. I'm going to ride 10 miles out, and then I'll ride, you know, 10 back. That'll put me at, should put me at 60. And then ride the 40 back after I have my burger and beer, and we'll call it a century. Yeah. And then maybe I'll be a real bike rider. Then you can be a real, real biker. (laughs) (laughs) Then I'll have a hundred mile bike ride, 50 mile bike ride, hundred mile all the way down running. So maybe something, I don't know. We'll see. I just, the only thing that kind of unnerves me a little bit is the whole water situation, the food situation, which I have a pack that I could just throw a bunch of stuff in. And so I don't know. But we'll see. I'll let you know. Deal I might it. just decide that morning just to get up and go. <laughs> <laughs> Those are always the best ones. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'd have to do a little bit of planning because the brewery doesn't open till 4 p.m. So I'll have to plan it out. Like, oh, yeah. So you have to leave a little me. bit later. Yeah. So you get to sleep know, in 60 a little miles. Bit. I don't know. I don't what, know. Five hours, maybe. Yeah. So if I started at 11 p.m. I could probably get there by four, have a burger beer at four, be on back on the road by five. It doesn't get dark here until like eight. So I could probably get back because it's a lot of downhill on the way back. So um, I could move it pretty good on the way back. So I don't know. I'll let you know. <laughs> well, hey, man, I think we've been going for quite a while. We've, we've talked about we a lot. It's kind of cool to to get a bunch of different stories. I feel like most of them are mine, but um no congrats again <laughs> on your second place finish in a sweet ultra yeah thank you and same to you with your back-to-back big weekends and your move <laughs> my set my my 542nd knowledge play that was good chatting to you man uh yeah we'll have to do it again so yes we I, will i mean i know we will do it again but it'll be fun <laughs> yeah it was fun doing this one-on-one and not having a guest just kind of sitting back and bsing a little bit yeah so cool man well take it easy you too 
Thank you for listening. This podcast has been produced and edited by Backbeat Sound. Come and find us on Instagram at BackbeatSound1776 or email us at BackbeatSound1776 at gmail.com.